2: Good morning and welcome to Summer Breakfast. It's Thursday, the 25th of January. For those listening on SEN 1170 here in Sydney, uh, we fill the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the first hour, we welcome you listening on SENQ Q AM in Brisbane. Pat and Heels will be along from 6 AM Queensland time. If you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network, good morning to you. MC, welcome Michael Karianis, uh big day yesterday, big bash final overnight. Did you catch all of the game? Obviously, we had to be up early. Yeah,
3: good morning, miss. So I caught a, a bit of it. I caught all of um, the Heat's innings and then a little bit of the Sixers. And before I um, went to bed, and you know, Hills is actually in here this morning. We just saw him and yeah, he's beaming. He's got his Brisbane Heat polo shirt on and with a big smile on his face, looking not too bad. Um, I thought
2: he might have come straight from. Uh, big brash celebrations, but no, he's <laughs> behaved himself, he's ready to go for you Queensland listeners, so stay tuned for that.
3: Yeah, another victory for those dirty Queenslanders.
2: <laughs> yeah, they just frustrating. take everything from us, it's don't they? It's a little bit frustrating, but um, what do you make of it? Uh, I watched the Brisbane Heat innings, they saved it towards the end there, so mm. at the sort of 15 over mark, even slightly earlier, the 12 over mark, I was thinking this is going to be a walk in the park yeah. for the sixes. Um, heels just said then maybe the wicket was doing a little bit more than, um, it was suggested during the call on TV. Um, but yeah, another one for the Queenslanders. Frustrating, frustrating. Hey, uh, what did you get up to yesterday? Uh,
3: not too much. It was a, uh, still on holidays, which is good. So I got out of here, went home and did the lawns, got a haircut. Went Productive for, day. Went for a walk with a dog. Yep. And it was interesting. There's a, at at the end of my street there's a, a a sign up um a guy that's put a sign up on the corner saying if your dog poops you scoop because yeah, obviously makes sense. there's there's a bit of an issue there which... well, there's an issue in your area. No, well, actually there it's a bit yuck. Yeah, there's okay. a, there's, a, there's a there's a bit there's a bit and you know I walk around now you've got the the lead with the um plastic bags attached now to it. Yeah. Which most is, people have got that. Yeah, it's not hard. Like, little right? it's a little bone shape yeah. with the, yeah. How easy is it? So now, easy. It it is so easy but there's a bit of drama in Italy, in northern Italy. I saw. I just stumbled across this story where now dog owners must pay 65 euros, right, which is for dogs' DNA to be stored and then tested um, if your dog leaves poo on the footpath or a park or whatever the case may be. So mm. the council or whoever can now... Um, test um, the DNA of that poo, and then they'll fine you um, between three hundred and a thousand pounds.
2: A uh, euro, sorry. Wow, which is what double for AED, so six hundred to two grand. Yeah, it's a fair whack. Bolzano in northern Italy. Mm. That must be a pretty highbrow area. Has I to would be. Suggest. I'm going to do. A, I'm going to have to do some Google imaging of Bolzano. I've never heard of it, but median house price, I reckon. <laughs> Solid, Northern Ireland. I don't. You, know very how,
3: how much would you buy a house there for? Well, <laughs> if I win the Powerball, <laughs> which is on tonight,
2: we'll talk about that in a second. So, uh, you always pick up after your dog. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah,
3: yeah. What about? And it's, it's a couple of times um it gets awkward, right? Because sometimes those back you run out. Because my dog yeah. can do two in two a walk. Two a walk. Yeah, he's he's a weirdo, right? Yeah, okay. Can do two in a walk, and then sometimes you run out, and I've occasionally. Had to use the local paper in people's driveways. Yeah, yeah. Because they come yeah, wrapped yeah. up in a plastic bag, and I'll have yep. to like, I'll, I'll, I'll steal the. Lo- I used to work at that local paper, so <laughs> I feel like I've got some sort of right to to steal people's local paper. To
2: use the sports section, or <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. See people I don't like, I'm gonna wrap it up in yeah. that. Uh, what about you?
2: Uh, I'm very stringent with it now. Um, living in a heavily built up area like yes. Bondi, there's no, there's no excuse for, you know, leaving dog shit on the pavement. But, uh, when I was growing up, it was my job to walk the dog. Mm-hmm. In our household, basically I'm five years older than my brother. Yep. <sighs> Don't want to sound jaded here, but I had all the jobs <laughs> and he did bugger all, <laughs> but well, that's another story. But um, it was my job to walk the dog every day. Which would usually either be get home from school and walk the dog before swim training or get home from swim training and walk the dog after, which was later at night. And I'm going to, I'm going to level with you here. I never took a poo bag. Never. Ever. I don't even know. They didn't have those sort of poo bags No, no, I had a dog too. No, no, yeah. Like a plastic bag. Yeah. And then I had a beagle, so a bigger dog. Now I've got a sausage dog, so there's not much to clean up after. Yeah. But I just never did. Never did. Um and it would be on people's lawns on driveways on like wherever wherever it happened ha, having grown up a little bit now yeah
3: do you understand? like if
2: i'd be filthy if yeah, someone did it to me yeah, yeah but i remember one time i was walking the dog as a kid and an old lady uh, my dog was you know doing his thing and an old lady said oh you got to clean it up and i just looked at her and shrugged and kept walking my dog but that you know youthful ignorance yeah <laughs> but now i would never and it is disgusting I, i've called people out i've seen people yeah, and said, "Well, you got a bag?" And they said, "No." And I said, "Well, you yeah, know, come and get one. I've got one. Clean up after your dog."
3: Which is not like some, like, I, I as I said, sometimes I've been caught short, right? So if someone asks me for a bag, or well, no issue, right? Because it it does happen, or you know, the the bag attachments dropped off, or whatever the case may be. But you have to clean it up. You got it. You, you got, got to, it. You got to find a way to to, to get it done because it is this. Discuss- I live in a cul de sac, so it's not really an issue in my street. Yeah, because everyone that comes there lives there. Really, you know, I'm just trying to
2: think who is who is the mystery pooper. I'm thinking, she said Aaron Woods lives in the area, didn't
3: he? <laughs> he does. He doesn't have a dog anymore. We, Do used we to name walk and our, shame. We used to walk our dogs together sometimes. Occasionally, who said leave. anything could be out a dog?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but where the where the signs? I'll see if um if my wife is bothered to go take a photo at some stage while we're still on there. We can yeah. put it on. So um, what did it say? If you poop, you scoop. I think scoop. it's if you poop, you scoop. Or if your dog poops, you scoop. Something like that on the corner. Because on the corner of my street and um, where, where this guy lives, it's it's a busier street. Yeah, It's not a main street, but it's a, a thoroughfare for sort of the area. There's a school at the end of that street. So it does get a, a little bit busier. He's an old guy and his lawns are immaculate and his house is immaculate. Oh, he's got the sign. It's he's got the sign. sign. It's not a council sign. It's outside his house.
2: All right, Aaron Woods, that's where you aim the next one. Uh, All right, the Powerball, 150 million. It's jackpotted. It's on tonight. So we've gone from 100 million to 150 million. I keep wondering, what do you think their revenue is to take it from 50 million to 100 million? Would it be the full? Would they make another full 50 million in the week of people buying Powerball tickets? 26 bucks a ticket. They'd make more. You think they make more than 50 million dollars? Probably. So if they got the the big Powerball ticket. Which Ben was saying is like locked in the main number $26. So let's say they sell a mil- million of those. That's the power hit, a million of those. That's 26 mil. The other ones are $6. You think, they, they think they're selling that many tickets?
3: Well, they must. The lottery's not going broke. Yeah, far out. So are you gonna would, buy, I might buy a ticket.
2: You're going to buy a ticket? Which one, the 26 or the 6?
3: What's the difference?
2: With the 26, you have locked in the Powerball. So whatever that Powerball is that night, you're guaranteed that one. Okay. And then you just have to pick the other numbers. I don't know. Whatever's the easiest option? 26. 26. But it costs $26. Yeah. $26 for, I. Uh, uh, what would the odds be? One in a million? Less.
3: Are you going to have a crack? No. Nah. Well, what about your $90 million house? Well,
2: you'd be better off. You know, opening up the sports betting account and putting a... $26 in? $26 on a 10-leg <laughs> multi. You would be. You would. <laughs> You're not going to win 150 mil. Well, if you haven't are better. seen the multis, I can, <laughs> 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 I can pump out some pretty good multis. Well, let's talk to... We'll, we'll do a sports bet cross this morning. Let's see if they can get us a multi that will turn 26 into 150 mil. You see some You see some big ones. They would have seen $26 into a million, I reckon. If you had to put twenty six dollars on Leicester to win the Premiership, and mm. they were paying what were they two thousand to one or something like that? Um, all right, uh, the heat overnight. Let's talk about it. Uh, we want to hear from our listeners. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Were you at the game? What did you make of it? I mean, I felt the effects of the game. Trying to get from here, from doing the run home back to Bondi. Oh, truckers? the traffic from Moore Park. Apparently there was a concert on there as well at the well, same time. Forty three thousand at the game last night. Forty three thousand. That's pretty cool. What's a sellout at SCG? That'd be there or
3: That would be close to it. There are
2: about. Um All right. If you're at the game, give us a call or a text. One 736 If you're a Queenslander, you've got one hour with us before heels comes on to gloat. Give us a call. Rub it in. We'll listen to you. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Queensland villains MC,
3: mm.
2: they've done it again to us. But I want to talk top five Queensland villains of all time. Okay, villains that have broken our hearts over the years. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you a couple of nominations straight away. I'm gonna go straight to rugby league. and We're gonna go straight to state of origin. Yes,
3: that's it's easy to take your mind there.
2: People that I grew up watching, breaking my heart every year, that just pissed me off. These are gonna be pretty obvious. Number one on any list, I think, Justin Hodges. <laughs> yep. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that time when they put up the bomb and they fly through and smash Kurt Gidley, yeah. and then Justin Justin Hodges is just mouthing off galore. Like, oh. there was few things in life I took greater pleasure in than watching Darcy Lusick punch the absolute piss out of Justin Hodges.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, felt good. <laughs> yeah. Darcy, if you're listening, reach out. <laughs> Big fan of your work. <laughs> 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 the, the second one, uh, Sam Thide. Yeah. For similar reasons, as a New South Wales fan, nothing to do with both for both these players, nothing to do with their time at the Broncos or Justin Hodges at the Roosters. Although I did love when Willie Tonga absolutely touted him up for the Roosters. <laughs> but um, those two players for me were like the face of the Queensland eight in a row, not because they were the best players, because they were the biggest grabs. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yes. I'm do gonna, you have anyone to add? I'll throw a couple more, Nate Miles. Yes, in that mix yes. of what you're talking about in that era. With
2: his big head, mm. um, getting big in. head being pushed into other players' Correct. faces, yeah. getting in
3: amongst it all. An underrated one's Billy Slater, I think. Just
2: yeah, his style of play, like he's got a bit of niggle in him. He had a bit of niggle in him, and now he's doing it to us all over again <laughs> as a coach. This time, a lot more poetic than what he was as uh, as a player. This time, it's about. The bushfires, the cyclones, the floods. We're Queenslanders, <laughs> uh, <sighs> but uh, sorry, sorry, Brisbane fans, uh, Brisbane listeners. But um, any others? One more, Gordon Tallis.
3: Yeah, okay, but I'm a bit scared to say that because he still scares me. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Having, I mean, you know, he's a big fan of the show as well, so he'll be listening.
3: He's um, and having I, I didn't know Gordy at all. Having done some work with him on 360. Last last season, mm. he's such a nice guy. He's one of the great he's guys. He's such isn't a he? fun guy, but he still has this intensity in his eyes when he tells your stories. On your like, mate, you could eat me at any moment right now. Yeah, and I think the Gordon Talis thing stems back from you know the way he left the Dragons um, into just becoming the most damaging player in the competition and and um, that infamous
2: Brett Hodgson tackle. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I remember him for. He's probably slightly before my time. Um, you know, a big one for me used to be Cameron Smith mm. until I met him here at SCN yeah. and he was the loveliest guy. And so I've got to take him out of that conversation. Yeah. He's too nice. He's a nice guy. He's Cam. too nice. Yeah. Too nice. So he can't be one of my most hated. I haven't met Justin Hodges or Sam Thide, so I can keep them in but there.
3: But I've kept Gordy in there, despite being a really nice guy.
2: Yeah. So well, he we- was... He was that aggressive on the field that I think he can separate the two. Yeah, okay. Whereas Cameron Smith was pretty clean skin on the field even. I know he had like,
5: you know. He had a few things going they call on. Him? like the third referee <laughs> yeah, or whatever? Yeah. But
2: um, he's just that nice of a person. Uh, Kevin Walters last night was uh, here on SEN and he was talking about Adam Reynolds' injury. Now, this was pretty funny. I listened to this one. Here's, here's the audio.
6: Now, Adam, of course, will be flying business fast, so his legs won't even be able to touch the ground. Class, yeah, right. So I
0: think be flying, he'll be
6: flying. He'll be, he'll, he'll be able to stretch out. Uh, probably
2: fit two Adam Reynolds in the healthy body can be able to get in there with him, he, those two fellas. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's fine. It's a bit of pot kettle there. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin's feet will be touching the ground either. But has there been any more on Adam well, Reynolds? Is it serious?
3: N- well, I don't. I think he,
2: he'll be fine.
3: Like yeah. he, he'll be right to play. But interestingly enough, just on Adam Reynolds, he was slated to come as part of the the uh, promotional blitz to Vegas. Ah. And then his fitness levels probably weren't quite where they needed to be, um, so they pulled him. So they sent Billy Walters. Billy is Walters that, instead. Is that nepotism? What <laughs> <laughs> so are <you> saying? <laughs> Billy's nepotism. Big, Billy's good. Billy's good. He was good. I'd never met Billy, but he—he was—he was a good time. Billy. Interesting.
2: Um, so, um, does this bring into question will he be able to get in the shape he needs to by the start of the year, or is—is is he? He knows how to manage it. Yeah, he yeah. can
3: manage his way through games now. He's—I don't think he's ever been the world's greatest trainer or, or or the fittest. He's never you know relied on speed or anything like that. It's his. Gotcha gamesmanship and his awareness that, that gets him through games now. So it
2: won't be an issue. Yeah. All right, big show coming up today, MC. We've got Australian Olympic champion rower Alex Hill. The Olympics just around the corner. Of course, the big story at the moment is the athletes are getting sent home straight after they compete. Uh, looking forward to having a chat to Alex. Uh, Mark McGore, who's recently repli- reprised his role in Gladiators. So he did used to be one of the Gladiators. Hammer. Now he's the ref. Mm. He's the, I think... Back in the day, was it Mike Whitney was the referee?
3: And then Bill Harrigan when they had another crack at it.
2: Yeah, right. Have you watched any of the Gladiators? I haven't. Okay. Well, we'll talk to Mark McGaw about Gladiators and a little bit of Rugby League. Uh, we've got Australian NFL player Aaron Sipos. Uh, we've got SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips. And Scope, Justin Hor is going to come and talk about the upcoming nine tournament, nines tournament this, this weekend. Uh, pretty good lineup for mm. those. Is uh, it RLPA team-ish?
3: I no, sure Clint Newton's
2: going to play as well, so we'll chat with either. him. Yeah, huge show today. Uh, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now we're with our Queensland listeners right now, MC, and <laughs> let's give them a little bit of a chance to gloat. Ian Healy. Boom. <laughs> Boom! Heels Morning, came r- running in. big yeah. <laughs> yeah. smile on his face. We're not sure if he slept or not. Well, but I talk to heels. I
5: know you told the producers, do not let him in. <laughs> here. I just burst in. Pick him up, boys. Pick your bottom lips up. And uh, the underdog got up again. Again. And Brisbane. Actually, I did think yesterday when we talked on our breaky show, we talked to Ladbrokes at the, you know the odds. Yeah, we were $2.10, sixes were $1. seventy. I thought there's a bit of value there. Absolutely. We, we got a good bowling attack, haven't we? And then Brownie half got away and, and had to work very hard at the top of the order and did it. Got himself a 50. So, yeah, yeah, I was happy enough at halftime. I thought You're 167. Uh, well, I, I couldn't get too greedy because at the start I said, oh, I'll take 170. Yeah. yeah. And we got 167. I felt, oh, we might be a touch short. A
2: <laughs> bit nervous early? like this, the, Even it, halfway point, I was looking...
5: They had to fight, which mm. made it a good final. Yeah. Like you have to win parts of games a couple of times, and and that sort of stuff. So yeah, when we lost our first, we Jimmy Pearson gone, and McSweeney and Brown working really hard yeah. against. You know Abbott was bowling really well. Mm. We know O'Keefe and Dorchus go through us most times every when we play them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a bit tense, and and then they they fought their way extremely well. They all chipped in with well, a lot of game time some of those boys so they should be well proud of themselves
2: Renshaw was huge as well just to oh. sort of save that innings at the end
5: That last six was pretty important wasn't it in yeah. the last last over Xavier Bartlett running himself out unselfishly so that yeah. Renshaw would stay on strike uh, that they, they ran unselfishly on the last ball you know yeah. and ran and Renshaw gets run out but the six he hit in that last over it gave gave them a bit of breathing space I reckon
3: Where were the Party celebrations, that were they? <laughs> did you escape know. or did you hang around? <laughs> yeah. Have you had any text messages,
5: yeah. phone calls? What's going on yeah, there? Yeah, I've had text messages and uh, photos. Okay. But it's all only uh-huh. uh, nice, calm stuff with their medals, you know? Okay. They, they uh, yeah, still yeah, haven't yeah. even got a beer in the shop. Okay. Yeah. So it, it came through about uh, two o'clock. Yeah. So the boys were still in the room, so, um, and there would probably be, yeah, I don't know what time it is, two o'clock Brisbane time, whatever, my phone's, <laughs> i got my watch, watches on one thing, phone on another, <laughs> yeah. hoping I don't sleep through, uh, but uh, yeah, they they look pretty reserved. Oh, I'll get out of there without going over to the, the their end of the ground and uh, beat, I didn't really beat the traffic, I still got stuck in traffic, but. Yeah, gee, the crowd polled out, didn't they? Were they allowed they were in very the secret? Disappointed yeah. <laughs>
2: were they allowed in the secret SCG room? We've heard about this room now. Where you knock on the door, and this is for the test site MC, it's
5: Brisbane Heat allowed in? I don't know. It's in the away room. See, we're over in the away room. Maybe that door. What? What? Where is it? Is it um it? I'm not the sure. The old well, days, Brett the boys. Lee, Brett Lee spoke about it. There's a cellar room underneath the Australian dressing room, so the home dressing room. So Binger would have been in there for New South Wales and Sydney Sixes as well as Australia. Now, Ian Chappell tells the story, you know, that they'd had tallies, tall bottles of beer in those days. They'd get a dozen a day, that's it. And and they'd bring the journos in and everything. They'd all share them and everything. And when they run out, they stomp on the floor down to the cellar room, and more more get delivered up. <laughs> there you go. So, Can we do that
3: here?
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you've I'll just. Coming. The floor. Nothing coming. Fletcher Fletcher's put a hole in
3: the floor. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I reckon the heat would have given it a test. They, they might have found a new room or made made a new room. Uh, but yeah, they're they're good boys. They're pretty in, they're pretty young and inexperienced, and they, they deserve to be proud and that they'll they'll uh, enjoy it for a long time.
2: All right, Heels, well, you're going the big lift this morning. If you're listening in Brisbane, Heels is going to join you at 6 a.m., SENQ 693 a.m. You'll be on with Pat. Uh, he's, he's well slept, uh, he's rested, so he's ready to do yeah. the show.
5: You're just going to join in, yeah. And I've got to find out what happened in the tennis. Shit, and, you know, it's <laughs> Again, uh, Missile's it, your man. A few, <laughs> <laughs> a few turn ups out there, he? Uh, Alcaraz, when I got home from the cricket. Alcaraz was had just lost the first test, yeah, uh, set, yeah, six one, yeah. And, and he was nowhere. And uh, he tried hard, so uh, it didn't quite get there. And uh, the girls have. Bit of an unknown side of the draw there. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's all going to hold up this weekend. We're just Uh, here
3: to talk rugby league, really. Well, (laughs) we
5: have got a question for you from the Port Macquarie Pearl. So after all those
2: grand final losses for Queensland at the end of last year, he said, uh, ask Hills if it feels weird for a
5: Brisbane team to actually win a final. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only Origin had a final, eh? No, it does feel good. It feels really good. 2024 is a different year.
2: Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news. The Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54 run win over the Sydney Sixers at SCG last night.
7: Still four balls to come in this over. Sock. He's got it, goes for the slog, and he's out. The Brisbane Heat win. BBL thirteen convincingly at the SCG.
2: Poor Socky, his last moment <laughs> in a cricket in a professional cricket game. But uh, it's not his job. not, his. It's not his. At least he, he got out gone on, for the slog. If he had got out clean bowled, that would have been worse. I think he finishes on ninety nine with BBL wickets. Yeah, I heard that on the commentary last mm. night. That's a shame. Uh, all right. We want to know this morning, who are your top five Queensland villains of all time? one 300 1170 to give us a call. And if you're up there in Queensland, you're joining us until 6 a.m. Queensland time. Give us a call and gloat if you want to. We've had Heels in, chairman of the Brisbane Heat. Obviously, he's quite happy. Give us a call. You can gloat, but New South Welshman. Give us a call. Tell us your Queensland villains. I've thrown in Justin Hodges and Sam Thide. You threw in Nate Miles and Gordon Tallis. Nate Miles and Gordon Tallis. We need to fill that fifth spot. The final test of the summer gets underway later today. Join Jared Waitley, Damian Fleming, Ian Healy, and the SEN cricket team for every ball of the Brisbane day night test live from the Gabba from two PM Sydney time. It's going to be a bit different seeing a day night test at the Gabba.
3: Yeah.
2: We, we've never seen one before, no, have
3: we? We have, yeah. We have? Yeah. At We've, the Gabba? We, have we seen a day-night test? Now,
2: fact-check that. Here we go. Fact check. I'm going to say yes. News. Can someone let They're us know? They're always in Adelaide. It was Adelaide every year, day-night. Mm. All right, do you, do you Googling? Uh, <laughs> Nick, Kyrgios, Nick Kyrgios has contradicted his own newspaper column in which he said he was considering <laughs> retirement. He now denies he's considering retirement.
0: Hey, guys. I've woken up today and realized about some articles going around saying that I'm retired and I'm not gonna play anymore. And I just wanna just clear it up like it's absolute nonsense. Yes, the last year has been tough with injury, my knee, my wrist, but I'm hungry as ever, constantly rehabbing in the gym. You know, part of the reason why I'm commentating and doing all these things around AOs to still feel that fire and still be a part of it. So I just wanna let everyone know, all my fans, I'm coming back, stay tuned. But there's plenty left in the tank. Don't stress. What was the article? Oh, should
3: we unpack that a little bit later? Yeah, Because okay. there is a lot to unpack there with, when they talk Nick about
2: as, as there is. Sharpest tools in the shed and, mm. the, and the like. I'm a big Nick Kyrgios fan. Love his work on the court, but he is dead set a rubber Dude. mallet. It's Matt, it's, it's Matt Burden areas for Flat Earthers. Oh, don't upset me. Matt <laughs> Burden's one of my favourite players. That hurt me watching that video. Uh, all right. It's time now for a special guest. Uh, we've got Olympic rower Alex Hill joining us live. Welcome to Summer Breakfast, Alex.
8: Oh, hey guys. Thanks for having me on the show.
2: No dramas. Now, what are we, six, seven months out now from Paris? Uh, you must be just about to hit the water up there, are you?
8: Yeah, I'm not, not fine now. So on, on the home stretch, we've got our selection trials coming up in about five, five, six weeks' time. So we're all, all trying to get ready and prep for that before we, um, you know, know, know exactly what boats we're in heading overseas.
2: How do they do those selections? I know, um, having grown up around the New South Wales Institute of Sport and speaking to the rowers, there's always there's always a little bit of uh, controversy around how they pick that team. What's, what's the plan and how do they do that?
8: Yeah. So basically we spend a week of, of sea racing, um, all different combinations for each different boats. And, you know, the, the selectors and coaches, I suppose, choose, choose, you know, which, which athletes suit, suit well for each different boat. And, um, you know, it can be a pretty, pretty grueling week um, by the end of it. But, um, they kind of have a bit of a rough idea because we we train here in Canberra as a whole squad, um, so they've already got a rough idea of what works and what doesn't. So basically, that week's just to you know finalize finalize their, their what they've kind of seen over the last couple of months and, and then track forward from there.
3: Just in terms of your uh, Olympic preparation, you when do you actually leave uh, Australia for that? I think you're going to spend a, a few months on the road. How do you get yourself prepared um, mentally i I guess for all that time away
8: yeah so that's a big one i mean we're super lucky that with the aos have a a european training facility in in verasi in italy so we leave basically in may um and head over there and head over there for about three weeks before before the sorry three three months before the olympics and we've got two world cups that will compete in over there so to see how we're, tracking for, how we're tracking for everything and see what we need to improve on and get better on and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we've got basically three months of, of training hard over there in, in our final prep, um, which is always a, a really good spot to, to, to be in um, over there. And we're super, super lucky to have that.
2: So that's a AIS tra- training center in Italy, um, which is pretty unique in itself. It's a long stretch away from home though. Are you allowed to take partners and children or is that at your own expense?
8: Oh, that's, that's pretty much at our own expense. Um, I suppose, you know, before the, before the Olympics, we try and hone in on, you know, being, like, being, with ourselves and all that sort of stuff. And it can be tough sometimes, but we'll all get through it together, which is, which is, um, which is good.
2: All right. Most of our listeners won't be able to understand, uh, times, distances, you know, out on the water, but a lot of them have been to the gym and have rode on the erg, which is the row machine MC in the gym. I know about it. You know the erg. All right, Alex, you're the world record holder on the erg, setting a 30-minute world record where you belted out, and this is ridiculous: 9,632 meters in 30 minutes. Now, for our listeners at home, think about that: 30 minutes on the erg, almost 10 kilometers. How is that?
8: Yeah, that's a that's a tough test. It's a bit of a funny one, you know. um we hadn't really done that test for a, for a long time. We got a, a new coach this cycle who started bringing the thirty minute test back in. So, thought I was uh, close to to the German scholar Oli Um and so yeah, I was close the first time we did. It and I thought I'd give it a good crack on the on the next one. So on the, on the yeah the next one we did, and I finally got it. So it was a uh, it was pretty good, good feeling to get that one. It's a um, bit of a kind of test, but it's uh Definitely cool, cool to have a world record on the erg, that's for sure.
2: It's a bit of a marathon. We do a five minute test at our gym, and the lactic acid levels after five minutes are ridiculous. Thirty minutes, what was the body feeling like halfway through that?
8: Oh, it's uh, it's, it's it's definitely screaming, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah, it is a long way. I mean, I suppose the you know our our normal race is roughly around six minutes, so so your five minute test would be would be roughly what what, we, what we'd be feeling during a two k race, so. Um, that's definitely a, a, a higher burn, I suppose. But the one for longer is, is yeah, definitely something else as well, all different different kind of levels.
2: Now, Alex, uh, as a rower, you guys have a very similar program at the Olympic Games to to us swimmers. Usually you guys compete first week at the same time as the swim team. Uh, the rowing team usually are very successful team for for the Australian Olympic team as well. Uh, Now, this news about athletes being sent home as soon as they finish competing. And let me just say, first off, from a swimmer's perspective, we don't get to go to the opening ceremony because it's too close to competition for us. I I imagine a lot of the rowers would be in the same boat. So the only chance that uh, people like swimmers and probably rowers get to uh, experience that is the closing ceremony. And a big part of being an Olympian is experiencing that second week. You know, there's sponsored events, there's parties, there's going out and watching other sports and supporting your teammates. How do you feel about this news that now athletes are going to be sent home the day after they finish competing? And this is specific to the Australian Olympic team.
8: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is a bit of a shame, I suppose. You know, we're, yeah, we're exactly the same as you swimmers. You know, we we, we have to compete the day you know, the day after the opening ceremony. So we don't get to experience that and all that sort of stuff. And I suppose, you know, even after, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to experience Rio, um, which was amazing, obviously. But then obviously the Tokyo Olympics is a lot different, you know, so for for for, for us to have to head home a day after is is a bit of a shame, but I do understand, the, you know, what the AOC is saying, um, Yeah, I mean, I completely understand, you know, it's, it's, I believe it's a matter of uh, capacity kind of thing. And, um, you know, I suppose we're getting out of the way of other athletes that are competing, which is the main thing, I suppose, in the end. Um, So yeah, I completely, completely understand where they are coming from. But it is a little bit of a shame for I suppose, the people who haven't haven't experienced the Olympics in its entirety, that's for sure. do you and your teammates
2: plan to stay over there on your own um, coin uh, after you finish competing or are you going to come straight home as requested?
8: Well, I think that's the plan. I think we're uh, going to try and get a bit of a place to all stay together and on our own coin kind of thing because we're allowed to stay there and um, stay there for the closing ceremony. So we're allowed to head back into the village for the closing ceremony and enjoy that and then head on the plane back with with everyone else. So that's the plan at the moment.
3: It's embarrassing. I'm not an athlete, right? Obviously quite clear, but that's embarrassing, the fact that um, you guys work so hard to to get to this moment and then you have to spend your own coin to... Hang out. Imagine around. getting on
2: Airbnb right now and trying to find something in Paris that's during the that, Olympics. That, that's, that's, so, that, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> that's all right, Alex. You let you let us. You let us fight the cause yeah. for you. <laughs> if I get my way, <laughs> you're going to be in that village one way or the other. Uh, all right. Thanks <laughs> for joining good, us this morning, God. Alex. Uh, good luck on the road to Paris. Uh, gold in Tokyo. Let's bring it home with another gold in Paris. Hey.
8: Awesome. There sounds good. Thanks for the chat, guys.
2: Beautiful. There he is, Olympic champion Alex Hill and world record holder on the ERG. Uh, This chat with Alex Hill, thanks to Mate, $20 off for five months with Mate Internet. Use promo code SAVE20. We're here, as always, for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. The text line this morning, 0457 736 736, or give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Uh, The text line is lighting up this morning, MC. Plenty of nominations mm. for Queensland Villains. Yeah. Off the back of the Brisbane Heat last night, again, another Queensland team winning something. Although they did lose the grand final, the NRLW, <laughs> the AFL, but... We might hold that against him. Uh villains. I said Justin Hodges, Sam Thiday. Mm. You said uh Gordon Tallis
3: is was one of mine, and Nate Miles was the other.
2: Shout out, Gordy. Hopefully you don't cross paths with MC. <laughs> uh, you will. NRL 360 again. Uh, who knows? Look forward to that. Yes. Uh, Andrew says the original villain was Wally Lewis. Nice. He has to be included. Muzzer. G'day, fellas. One of the greatest Queensland villains is Michael Hancock. That's a good one. That's a good one.
3: Michael Hancock is a good one because he was just – the way he used to flap and kick his
2: legs when he used to get up and play the ball was a punish. Yeah, yeah. And he – was it – no, it was Terry Hill that did the fake throat injury. (laughs) Similar type players, weren't they? (laughs) Uh, Steve, the Colton Bulldog, says, uh, James and MC, my Queensland villains are, number one, Nate Miles. Number two, Justin Hodges. Number three, referee Barry the Grasshopper, pre-my time. Do you know who that is? Before my time, too. Before your time. But um, let's say there were some dubious decisions that went against New South Wales. Okay. Number four, Alfie Langer, after he flew back to help with the third (laughs) State of Origin game. You can't hate him for that. Well, Steve does. Uh, Number five, Billy Slater. Uh, also, as a shift worker, I missed tradies news in a nutshell this morning. Can you ask Dan what Chris had to say about the weekend NFL games? I'm going to talk to him about
3: that tomorrow on the show. So I'll be listening tomorrow morning.
2: Beautiful. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle says, when Justin Hodges got knocked out, I was calling for a public holiday. I owe Lussic many schooners. That was a sentiment shared by many, many <laughs> New South Welshmen.
3: What about one for you here, Miss out. Hey, Miss All, there's no num- uh, name on this, but please leave your name. Do you think the track and, track and field athletes have to go to Paris a week later? If not, very unfair.
2: Very interesting question. I wouldn't imagine so because that would disrupt their preparation, right? Like they need to get in and get um, acclimatized to the village. As swimmers, we get in, say... Three four days before the swim meet starts into the village, so you can get used to the beds, the walking around, the food hall, all that sort of stuff. So I, I wouldn't imagine they'd get in any later, which means they basically get the full Olympic Games in the village and get to do the opening ceremony and the closing ceremony as they should. Yeah, as they should. Yeah, yeah. I'm not holding it against nah, the athletics team. Like no, that's how it should be. Yeah, that's of how. Yeah, yeah. Of course. That's yeah. how the rest of the world works, MC. Yeah. Every other nation stays there for the full. Games, opening ceremony, closing ceremony. It's called the Olympic Games. It's part mm-hmm. of the Experience, whole mystique of it. Of course. It's how was the food hall? Amazing.
3: What was your go to?
2: Amazing. One of the absolute highlights. I mean, the first week you're super healthy while you're swimming. And then the second week you just Well, this goes for the food hall, the parties, the everything. You just treat your body like a theme park, really. Yeah. Just go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask what you did last night. (laughs) (laughs) A couple couple
3: of text messages here. Number one trader, Greg Inglis. That's from Andy. Yes. And the Wilton Raider, uh, Chris Close. Before our time. Choppy Close. I I remember Choppy on the sidelines giving the finger to the New South Wales. Was that when he was coach or player? No, he he was an official then. Maybe team Uh. manager. Potentially, yeah, he was on the staff though.
2: Yep, throw him in there. All right, keep sending us through your Queensland Villas, 0457 736 736. We're here for Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast with MC and the Missile this morning. It's the 25th of January 2024. On this day in history, in 1924, take you back 100 years, the first Winter Olympics were held in France. If you can tell us what city they were held in, one 11 uh, you'll win a Signet Power Bank. Uh, all right, in 1952, Richie Beno made his Test debut for Australia against the West Indies at the SCG, eventually playing 62 Tests and, of course, went on to become the voice of Summer. Two for 22, New Zealand. Was that Richie Benno? or was that 12th man? <laughs> it was not Richie Benno. Uh, In 1961, the animated film 101 Dalmatians was released in America. Spins me out these Disney movies and their timelines. Mm. Because you know when you're growing up as a kid and you're watching all of these, you think they're recent? I think it's Snow White or something. is from like the 1930s or 40s. It's insane.
3: I haven't seen 101 Dalmatians.
2: What? (laughs) What about the more recent one, the Cruella de Vil one?
3: Never heard of that. Really? No. I'll oh, give it a watch. I'm not much of a Disney well, you're, guy.
2: No, well, you're about to get into all of it because your kids will start watching all these Disney movies. My so. wife
3: can't wait for that because it's never been my thing. Disney, yeah. I, I, and, I don't watch kids' movies. I saw Beauty and the Beast show the other day.
2: Yeah, good? It was all right. Yeah. Former Bulldog Willie Talao, what a great player, was born on this day in
3: 1976.
9: <laughs> Let's the line. El Mesri.
2: 48th birthday today. Bulldogs fans listening to that and reminiscing. That was Ricky Stewart, Darren Smith, Hazem El Masri, Willie Talal. What a lineup! That must have been about 1999, I would say. Uh, and Alicia Keys, born on this day in 1981, she sold over 25 million albums and singles worldwide and won nine Grammys. And still isn't as good as Willie Talal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane. We now say goodbye. Patton Hills are up next. If you're listening to SCN 1170 AM here in Sydney, plenty more to come. Stay with us. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with MC and the Missile this morning. That's Michael Carianis and James Magnuson as we fill the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. If you missed any of the first hour, catch up via the podcast. Now, overnight, in case you missed it, the Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers at the SCG.
7: Still four balls to come in this over. So he's got it, goes for the slog, and he's out. The Brisbane Heat win! BBL 13 convincingly at the SCG.
2: Finally, finally, those beaters north of the border win something. <laughs> they lost the NRL Grand Final, the NRLW yes. Grand Final, the AFL grand final. Okay, Brisbane, you can have this one. Here's the handball. <laughs> Take the BBL, whatever. Uh, we were talking this morning off the back of that MC about villains from Queensland, people that we love to hate. Yes. Growing up, so my two were Justin Hodges, Sam Thide. Your I two, went,
3: uh, Nate Miles and Gordon Tallis.
2: So now that our Queensland listeners are no longer with us, unless they're listening via the app, of course, text us in. Really open up on these guys now. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The Queensland villains that you love to hate. Uh, of course, last night was Sox, Steve O'Keefe's last game of cricket ever. You said he finished on 99 wickets. 99 wickets. That's a little disappointing, but hey, 99 wickets is a cool number. Don Bradman finished on an average of 99. <laughs> That's so same. There's some real, there's <laughs> some some real awesome. correlation and there. They also have
3: both played at the SCG.
2: There you go. Uh, all right, let's have a listen to Sock's last wicket. He finished with one for 26.
7: 11 overs oh, later. No. Oh, big shout oh, from O'Keefe. And Philippi. Ooh. They're going upstairs. DRS challenge from Moses Enriquez. And why not? Crowd getting behind this oh, one. Oh, out. As an arm ball. Yeah, it's out. Yeah, that will be out. One more to join the 100 club.
2: Realistically, it was pretty much the biggest wicket of the night. That was Josh Brown, who was on 50-odd at the time. We won't talk about him getting out on the last ball going for a <laughs> <laughs> going for a slog. But uh, great career by Steve O'Keefe. He's finished up now. So we can spend more time with us here on uh, SCN. The pick of the bowlers for the Brisbane Heat was probably Spencer Johnson, He took four for 26. In comes Johnson. Left arm over the wicket,
7: straight through, knocked him over. Or he gets out. Edwards goes. Johnson delivers. Philippi 23 off 21 deliveries. Has hit it into the air. This will be end of Josh Philippi The third wicket falls. A big breakthrough. And that's Kerr taking a swing. Johnson will chase it down. Caught and bowled, and he gets another wicket, Spencer Johnson.
2: Uh, all right, enough cricket. I want to talk tennis now. Nick Kyrgios, uh, talk to me about this developing story.
3: Very strange. So Nick Curios penned a, a column in the Herald yesterday, and I'll read you the first part. I sat down with my agent a couple of days ago to talk about my future. The re- reality is there is part of me that knows my time in the sport may be over and I'm okay with it,
2: okay? That's Nick's... And, not, and that's not a huge surprise to anyone, right? He's barely played in 18 months.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's fine, right? And yeah. th- but this is Nick's own column, okay? Yep. I'm sure someone else writes it. I'd and... be very surprised if Nick wrote that. <laughs> <right? laughs> and generally speaking, the way these columns go, uh, depending on, on the Did athlete... Did you say news? it was Harold or... news? Harold. okay. Um, but generally speaking, I haven't done a lot of ghost writing, but generally you would have done a few in your time. Uh, I've,
2: yeah, I've had ghostwriters. <laughs> uh, where
3: you know, you, you have a conversation with the yeah. journo and uh, and the athlete and, and you work out what you want to talk about. You still get
2: final edit, though, as the athlete. That's what
3: I was about to say. Generally speaking, what would happen is that the, the journalist would then email the copy to the athlete and the athlete would sign off on it. Yep. And that's generally the way it, way, way it works. So obviously from that, people have taken out that Nick Kyrgios is considering retiring or Correct. his career may be over. Makes Fair sense. Fair assumption.
2: Very fair. But
3: this is what Nick had to say about his own column.
0: Hey, guys. So I've woken up today and realized about some articles going around saying that I'm retired and I'm not going to play anymore, and I just want to just clear it up like it's absolute nonsense. Yes, the last year has been tough with injury, my knee, my wrist, but I'm hungry as ever, constantly rehabbing in the gym. You know, part of the reason why I'm commentating and – doing all these things around AOs to still feel that fire and still be a part of it. So I just want to let everyone know, all my fans, I'm coming back. Stay tuned. But there's plenty left in the tank. Don't stress.
3: There's plenty left in the tank. Don't stress. Shall I repeat what he wrote? Yes. The reality is there is a part of me that knows my time in the sport may be over, and I'm okay with that. I've had people... Crap on my stories before, Mm. but I don't think I've ever had to crap on my own. That is so
2: confusing. (laughs) So it's so
3: it's such Nick areas.
2: It is right. Like good luck. You know, we're big fans, right? We love watching him play. I love watching, and And, and we're definitely missing something this Australian Open not having him as part of it.
3: So we're certainly not Nick bashers by any stretch, right? Like I'm a casual tennis fan, and when Nick's playing, I'm watching. Right, So I I enjoy the the theatre of it, but it's so bizarre for a guy to pen a column and then retract his own words. his own words, yeah. Saying, oh, you've read headlines. Mate, they're your (laughs) column. It's your (laughs) column. They're your headlines.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if you spent a day in the head of Nick Kyrgios. I wouldn't be surprised if you woke up one day thinking, I'm going to retire from tennis, and then the following day (laughs) thinking, I'm going to be world number one. It feels like it could be a bit of a roller coaster within his own psyche. Oh, so good. Very weird areas. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit of NRL now, MC. Season's still a while away, but but
3: let's talk yeah. some NRL. So we started yesterday, and it's going to run um, for the next couple of weeks when I'm on. Um, looking at the the players at your club that's under pressure. Okay. Yep. Not necessarily the best player. Um, not necessarily the best player or the most important player, but players that have, you know, come to the club or had a down year last year, whatever the case may be. Okay. So um, yesterday we did the Raiders and the Sharks and I did Josh Papalihi and Toby Rudolph. Yep. All right. So a little bit different, right? Yeah. I'm not going for the most obvious ones every yep. time. So today we're going to do your Bulldogs Uh-oh. and the North Queensland Cowboys.
2: How many players can we say from the Bulldogs one in inch. one segment? Only oh, one, right. inch. one, one. one. Okay. So, this This will be interesting. So the
3: one I'm going for at Canterbury is Drew Hutchinson.
2: Mm, okay? Not, okay. Not the highest profile
3: player, not their best player, not their most important player. Okay, but he he could become well. What they've lacked Canterbury over the last couple of years for a long time now is a controlling half, right? Yep. A guy that can um, steer the, the the ship around and 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 make sure that you know there's a good kick pressure, a good kick, build some pressure, a good passing game, right? They've signed Drew Hutchison to be that senior half. To, to, Starting. He should start. Okay. Right? I assume he's going to start. Okay. Because of of the way that, that lineup is. You look at their outside backs when you've got, you know, Adokar, Kiraz, Stephen Crichton. outstanding players, okay? With some speed to burn. So what they need to do is is have a half that all he needs is to try and feed those guys. Take some pressure off Matt Burden if Matt Burden's going to be the six and allow him to run. Because Matt Burden's shown that he's not an organizing half. So Drew Hutchinson, if he's going to battle with Toby Sexton... To Are you
2: basing that off his performances on field or the fact that he thinks the earth is flat? Both. <laughs> Both.
3: Mate, he's your mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> so so that's, that's why I've gone with Drew Hutchinson, right? Come yeah. from the Roosters, good system, experienced half now. You know, he's been in and out of first grade for the Roosters, but was a really important member there for the last couple of years. And mm. um, So if he can play in that number seven jersey... And guide that side around. Take some pressure off Matt Burden, Free Matt Burden up. Free Stephen Crichton up. Free Blake Taff up. They've got points in him, Canterbury.
2: What sort of money would Drew Hutchison be on?
3: I'm not sure. It's no, he, you know, he'd be the low. If he starts in round one wearing number seven, he'd be the the lowest paid half in the game. I'd say. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And are we hearing any whispers between uh, Sexton, Hutchison, who's going to start? Or, Not yet, no. Yeah.
3: Uh, like, they're up in the air, Canterbury, because they've got so many different combinations that they're looking at too, yeah. right, in terms of Stephen Crichton, Matt Burton, The back line's all fullback. over the it's shop. It's all over the shop, right? Josh Adakar's the only one where you can say, okay, he's going to be on the wing. Yeah. Everyone else is is up for grabs. I think Kiaras will be on the wing, but he could potentially play in the centres as well. You've got Bronson Cherry there. There's lots going on in Canterbury's backline. A
2: couple back of unforgotten players. Blake Wilson had a really good finish to the season, but... Uh, I think the most wasted talent at this point at the Bulldogs, Jarrell Skelton mm. saw glimpses of him. But if you've watched some of his highlights from New South Fast. Wales Cup, oh, beast, yeah, yeah. beast of a player, but probably won't make his way into this 17. All right. That's the Bulldogs. Drew Hutchison, player under pressure, Cowboys. Jason Tumalolo. Oh yeah. This, this Ooh, for yeah. me is
3: an easy one, right? Because if you look at the, you know, he's on about a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. was the most damaging player in the game. Signed so on a mm-hmm. 10 year deal, I think he's still got four years left of that contract. Uh, and if you look at his numbers last year, uh, 31 tackle breaks compared to 80 the year before. 22 offloads, only three last year.
2: Oh, man.
3: 156 average running meters down to 143. Right, okay. He's just not having the, the same impact that we've seen him have before. Um, he's... No doubt explosive, no doubt an outstanding player. But um, you look at that that North Queensland forward pack and they've got some really good young players. Uh, and I've, I've said this before that if I was looking at a way to try and, and get that salary cap in shape and s- keep those young players, then I'd start looking at what Jason Tamalolo is offering mm. because you're not getting bang for your buck at all yeah. at the moment. So. I, I think that's an interesting one to watch. Um, you know, he had limited preparation last year, um, you know, injuries and the like, but his minutes are well down, his impact's well down, and we saw the ramifications that it had on North Queensland who didn't make the eight.
2: Is he a lock still at this day and age?
3: Depends on how you play because you can yeah. play – your locks can have two roles. You can play as an extra prop or as a ball playing – yeah. Um, he's got to play in the middle, right? He can't play on an edge. So yeah. whether he's wearing 13 or is it prop, you know, Ruben Cotto is basically playing that lock role anyway yeah. with Tamalolo more like a prop, I'd say, when they're they're all starting. So that doesn't make a, a huge difference to me where what number he wears. But, um, you know, Todd Payton has been aware of the fact that he can't play 80 minutes anymore, no doubt, no worries. I've got no worries with Jason Tomalolo's minutes coming down, but – He's just not having the same impact that he once had, and you're paying huge money for him.
2: Well, those statistics you read out, that's not a million-dollar player. No chance. That's at best a $500,000 player.
3: What would Jason Tamalolo be worth on the open market now? Sixes? Someone would probably give him sevens, right?
2: Sevens. I'd say. And that's probably based more off reputation than current form. And knowing what his ceiling is, yeah. which is best forward like a, in the game,
3: and a club like Canberra who's desperate for an established middle would throw at that at him, yeah. no issue whatsoever, yeah. Good right? Point. So it just depends on, on on what you'd want, you know, Melbourne who would be looking for an experienced middle, yeah. you know, someone like that would would try and give him decent so money. If, but he's if
2: if, if uh, Bulldogs would give him say seven hundred a year, and he's on a million a year, then the Cowboys could clear seven hundred k a year off their cap if they could move him on potentially over the next. And months. look at,
3: you know, bumping up Hill and Luki and, you know, those sort of young players that they've got. So that's a decision that they may have to make at some stage this year.
2: All right. Our top stories are the Heat beating the Sydney Sixers, Nick Curios debating his own article, players <laughs> under pressure, <laughs> <laughs> the Bulldogs and the Cowboys. Bitter reaction. Uh, Frank said the Sixers' fielding was a, bo- a, a bonumable. I don't think I can say that word. A bomb in a bull. Well, I didn't think there was any words that could stump me like that, but here we are. Uh, we gifted them forty runs, says Frank. Uh, Recurios, Don of Melbourne says, "Is this because his sponsors threatened to tear up his contracts?" That's a really good point. If he's got sponsors sponsorship deals for you know three four years into the future, and they hear that he's going to retire, they'd be on the st- on the phone straight away to his management saying, "What's doing? Yeah, like, we're not going to keep sponsoring yeah, him if he's maybe, not going to play." Maybe. Bathurst Bulldog says every single Bulldog under pressure. <laughs> I'm saying it like that because there was a full stop under each word, but I, I tend to agree But Who would you
3: nominate if, for the Bulldogs?
2: Under the most pressure this year, I'd say Matt Burton. Mm. Um, he's on big money. He's paid to be a half. There's chat of him going to the centers. There's no way he can afford to be paying you two centers, seven, 800,000 a year in Crichton and yeah. Burton. Can't do it. That's ridiculous cap management. If he's going to play center, I, I don't think he will, but when the Bulldogs really struggled at the back end of last year, uh, and I'm sure he'll admit this himself, himself, he was really ordinary Mm. and he needed to be the one leading that team. Uh, The coughs tiger says top three villains from Queensland, Cameron Smith, Cameron Smith, Cameron Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The reptile says, G'day shaggers Queensland villains, Nate hammerhead, miles, Billy butter wouldn't melt in my mouth. Slater, and Wendell, I love myself, sailor. Also, Wally, the King, Lewis. I'm sure that's a sentiment shared by many. Uh, another set of Queensland villains, Pauline Hanson and Bob Cutter, says <laughs> Roosterman. Going a little political now. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle, Queensland villains, Anastasia Palachek. Yeah, she's has some votes, I reckon. Uh, g'day, fellas. Oh, I really hope the delegates of the Australian Olympic Committee are not attending the Paris Olympic Games. How can they just justify themselves going when they are sending the athletes home, Mazza? Well, I'll give you one guess at whether they're going or not, Maza. How <laughs> are
3: they going for the whole time?
2: I imagine of if they're the they f- full two weeks.
3: They will be there for two weeks. All
2: right, you can call us during the show, one three hundred i have got Tom from Penrith on the line. Morning, Tom. Morning, mate. How you going? Very well. Now, you reckon you know where the first Winter Olympic Games were held in Paris? What was it uh, in France. What was the name of the city?
10: Uh, I believe it was Chamonix.
2: Chamonix. There we go. Nice. All right. You get a Signet Power Boost Bank. Congratulations, Tom. Uh, Tom from Penrith. You a Penrith Panthers fan by any chance? Of course.
1: Of course. <laughs> are we
2: looking at a four, Pete?
1: I'm uh, hoping so. I feel, like, I feel like maybe the roster changes might, might catch up to us, but we'll just have to wait and see I guess
3: we'll get to Penrith at some stage during my previews but who do you think is the player most under pressure at the Panthers uh, in 24 Um, well I mean I feel like Lewa
1: is under the most pressure because he's got that 1.2 million dollar price packet um, under his belt now so he's probably going to have to prove himself but I mean uh, uh, that'll probably be next year's problem for him to be able to prove himself but Um, Yeah, there's heaps of young guns to watch out for Um, that'll be breaking through again. As as every year happens at Penrith when we have uh,
10: players leaving, we'll have more up-and-comings come back up through the ranks too.
2: Yeah, it must be really tough being at Penrith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tom, Tom, congrats (laughs) on winning the prize Uh, and very humble too. I'd be shouting from the rooftops for Pete. They have to be favourites for a 4 P, regardless of roster changes. They're just a juggernaut. All right, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with MC and The Missile. We've been talking Queensland villains this morning after the Brisbane Heat claimed this year's big bash title overnight with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers. Queensland Villas Roosterman says Wayne Bennett, because he's too good, Kevin Walters because he's too nice and he has a great sense of humor.
3: Yeah, Lionel's back on the text. Justin Hodges, uh, Wally Lewis, Billy Slater, Wendell Sailor, and Brent Reed. Brent Reed. <laughs> does not, <laughs> Lionel
2: does not like Brent Reed. Is really born in Queensland?
3: Yeah, he's a Queenslander. Because he yeah. lives in,
2: he's Northern in Northern Beaches. Northern now. beaches yeah. He yeah. is a Queenslander. All right, guys, our time now for a sports bet update. Make it look easy with sports bets.
9: Chances are you're about to lose.
2: All right. I want to. The Powerball tonight. Yes. MC. $150 million. I don't know what the odds are of winning. It must be a million to one. Uh, So I wanted to go a twenty six dollar multi, like the twenty-six dollar Powerball ticket, Mm -hmm. to get us to as close to hundred million dollars as we can. Hemi, can you help me out?
11: Good morning, boys. Look, I I did get some very short notice from Ben uh,
2: down the line in the
11: green room before I came on air to try and whip something together. I haven't quite been able to get something that big, but I've, I've probably found a few things that are comparable to winning um, winning the lotto. Uh, okay. You know, across the, the sporting landscape today, the first one would probably be the West Indies to win the Test match at the Gabba. Uh, you're getting twenty nine dollars for that. Um, I think you've probably got a similar chance of, of taking home the big, the big fish in the uh, in the powerball. And um, the other one would be we've got a, a Test series kicking off today, England versus India uh, over in the subcontinent. India to win that one. Sorry, England to win that one five nil. That'll get you 150 to one. Uh, which seems unders, but also probably similar similar chances.
2: <laughs> hey, can I just ask you, Hemi, So I, I honestly think you're better odds putting a twenty six dollar multi on with you know, huge odds than winning the Powerball. So, what are some of the biggest multis you've ever seen go off? Are we talking fifty grand, hundred grand? What's what's the biggest you've seen?
11: Oh I wouldn't know. There's there's been some there's definitely been some big ones. And I the probably the, the biggest ones I've seen are uh, you see some guys just go on a big tear, molting together lots of uh football matches from yeah. around the world or, or you know, almost basically uh tipping the card for like a round of E P L or something like that. Yeah. Um those are probably some of the biggest ones that I've I've sort of seen put together. But uh yeah, there's been there's been some um some interesting ones over the, the journey for sure.
2: All right. So the test match does start today. We know that West Indies are long odds, but are there any markets where we can find some value? Maybe how long the test will last, highest run scorers or wicket takers?
11: Yeah, because a couple there that I've, I've kind of identified, I think, missile that, that could be good here. So the head to head price, basically Australia, $1. seventeen, West Indies, $38. Bucks. Uh, the draw, I don't think will happen now based on the weather. That was a bit of a concern there. $5.50. It's a pink ball test. You've got to remember as well. Last year it was a red ball test up at the Gabba, and it still only lasted two days. So I don't mind the option for the game to finish in two days. That that'll get you eighteen dollars uh, on the sports bet uh, site. The other one that's probably worth a look is the game to finish in three days, which you get your two dollars eighty. But maybe it's a maybe it's a two day play there that you're looking at uh, in that particular. And the other the other market that maybe stands out, missile, is uh, the Aussies to win by an innings, which will you get you two dollars ten. As well, so obviously not a lot of value head to head, but hopefully there's a couple of things there that uh, that might make it interesting.
2: So win by an innings, does that mean they don't have to come into bat a second time? Is that how that works? Correct, uh,
11: that's right. Yep. Which is very nearly the case last time. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: and you touched on India v England. What other markets do you have there?
11: Yeah, well, uh, India MC dollar forty three uh, to win the first test. England three dollars seventy. The draw ten bucks here. So a big dust bowl uh, over there, as you'd expect. Uh, I think that a big futures bet that all of the listeners this morning can get around, really get bring everyone together before footy season kicks off, India 5-0 uh, to win the series. And that'll get you five bucks. And I think that's just a good opportunity to come together, uh, you know, and watch England fail a little bit, which is uh, always a good thing to do.
2: <laughs> They've been failing really well recently too. So I like that. Good value. Uh, Triple J, yep. Hottest 100, just quickly.
11: Yeah, well, this is one of, right up your alley, this one. I would have thought... Uh, Basically, the market is telling us it looks like it's going to be a race in three. And MC, one of your favourites here, Doja Cat's painted mm, counter Red, mm. $1.90 favourite. Um, uh, and it's been one of our best-backed as well. Dom Dollars Rhyme Dust is there at $2.50. And Troy Savan's Rush, this one's been the big mover, uh, into $4.00. So that one happens over the weekend. I don't know if there's any bangers, uh, Missile or MC, that, that, that are, you, know, you enjoy that I, I might have missed there. But oh. um, look, there's all the
2: market... Is there anything by like uh, Fred again?
11: Yeah, there is. Uh, the best one from Fred again is "Adore You." Thirteen dollars you're getting for "Adore
2: You." Well, you reckon academic? Do you get any nominations? Any, any Usher or
3: Usher?
11: <laughs> <laughs> He's played at the Super uh, Bowl. In in the hot, oh, I think you're about twenty twenty years.
3: out, of, <laughs> out of yeah. years, but, uh, I don't do. I don't do the triple J.
2: Oh, okay. Never. Well, so you've painted your nails red, not in. Uh, in support of Doja Cat. Is that just a personal choice? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That's what I, that's what, that's what I did after I did the launch yesterday. <laughs> Beautiful.
2: All right. Thanks, Hemi. Another great update. No worries. Boys, chat tomorrow. Make it look easy with sports Sportsbet.
9: Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
2: Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news. The Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers at the SCG last night. We've been asking this morning... Who are your top five most hated Queenslanders of all time? We'll get to some more of your responses shortly. The final test of the summer gets underway later today. Join Jared Whateley, Damian Fleming, Ian Healy and the SEN cricket team for every ball of the Brisbane day-night test live from the Gabba. That starts 2pm Sydney time today. We're now left with four competitors in each of the men's and women's singled straw. The biggest upset of yesterday... Carlos Alcaraz, gone MC, gone. Alexander Sverev has knocked him out. Opens it right up now for Djokovic because it looked like Alcaraz would be the only one to challenge him. We'll chat with Brett Phillips next hour and Nick Kurios. human headline. (laughs) He's contradicted his own newspaper column in which he said he was considering retirement. He now denies he's considering retirement. Go figure, MC. It's one of your fellow Greek compatriots.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I I can't work. No one can work him out, but... I hope he stays in the public eye for a little bit longer. Yet
2: it's part of the mistake of mm-hmm. Nick Curious. No one can work him out. All right, Gladiators back on TV. MC, yeah, switched over last night. Saw a bit of it. Uh, back in all its lycra <laughs> <laughs> and glory. Uh, now I was, I was a huge Same. Gladiators Loved fan. It. Huge Loved Gladiators it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. So I feel very lucky to introduce right now, Mark McGor. Welcome to Summer Breakfast. Good
10: morning, James, world champion and MC, the legend of
2: rugby league reporters.
10: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, uh, well, good start. We'll just play that all summer. <laughs>
2: uh, now, you feature both in the uh, 90s edition and you're featuring in the reboot edi- edition right now, Mark. I've got some audio here before we get to you. Contender,
0: are you ready? Gladiator, <laughs> are you
2: Now, Mark, we all remember you as as Hammer from the original series. You're now back as a referee. Uh, how does it feel coming back as uh, as part of the crew for the New Gladiators?
10: Well, firstly, I've been practising that for thirty years. <laughs> and, I think uh, we all
3: practised that yeah, back we in the did. day.
10: <laughs> and I tried to get the lycra on thirty years later, <laughs> and they. I went in it to be a gladiator and they said, no, nah, it doesn't fit. Um, look, the only thing we got left is the ref. Do you want to take it? And I said, yeah, look, no problem. I'll take it. So I don't have to wear the lycra,
3: fortunately. Uh, you played a lot of rugby league, mate, under a, a few different referees. Did you, Bill Harrigan, did you give him a call? Did you give anyone a call on, on techniques and, and how to let it go and flow and that sort of stuff?
10: Well, Bill's a shire boy at the moment mm-hmm. and um, so I had a chat with him about it about a few months ago, but um, one, there was one referee I tried not to emulate and that was the grasshopper because I heard your boys talking about it, you know people you hate and yes I can tell you there was some uh, dubious decisions back then but um, mm. they're, it's all on TV now and they replay it and they come back and you can go to the screens it's all new to me so um, I was in the bunker half the time
3: <laughs> well during your well, just on that the Queenslanders it, we, we love to hate during your footy career who, who were some of the ones that stood out for you
10: Look, I suppose the guys that run over you, and um, you know, state of origin. I was lucky enough to play quite a few state yeah. of origins, yeah. and, and you know, Wally. Uh, you know, Wally, you always brought the team up, you know. And um, even though you one on one, you probably weren't too worried too much about him, as what he could do on the line. He could always just, for some reason, they get on on your line, and they always went over for six points. Well, back then, I think mean, it was less than that, but. Um, so he had that natural knack, but, um, you know, I tell you the little blokes that could run like Jigger Ferguson, they're the guys that, that I struggle to tackle, you know, they're always quicker than you. So
2: we'd love to hate them. Tell me, Mark, just on gladiators. So when you signed on to, to be one of the gladiators, did you ever imagine how big the show would get and, and how much of, uh, um, I guess how much coverage it would get in popular culture throughout Australia?
10: Well, I, you never know. Um, in 1990, I suppose it was a gamble because it came from America and the yeah. UK then turned it into a stadium. And you know, they brought that concept back to Australia in 1995. And, and you know, it's something probably the, uh, the general public are starving of, just some good home family fun. Um, and I think that'll always be there. And the Gladiators brings that. And uh, there's a whole heap of new games that are coming through, and, and there's competition, and there's a little bit of you know the gladiators are trying to cheat here and there. I've got to keep my eye on that. <laughs> um, and um, you know, as I said to them, they're better off having another gladiator keeping them in order than than uh, you know I can go in there and <clears throat> and I can uh,
3: especially Sandor,
10: you know, he's uh, ex
3: rugby <laughs> league, and
10: you know we don't we don't want him running rampant.
3: What similarities are there in terms of or or? or, or Differences that you identify between the, the the shows and the contestants from from back in the day.
10: Well, there is a fair few dis- uh, changes, and and um, I suppose the obvious one was that they don't have a crowd this year. Um, in nineteen ninety five, they had the crowd, <coughs> and what they tried to bring, I think, and I, and you know, I'm only just looking on the outside in when I see the finished version of the show, but they're trying to bring some real reality to it. So when you hit it, when you see uh, Maximus whack a contender and you hear the noise boom and then you, you you hear the grunt and he falls to the ground and that brings that um closeness a bit like having i suppose the uh, microphone on the stumps mm. and um so you can really hear what the contenders are going through and uh, you know they're pretty much uh, as when they finish the eliminator if they're not going to be chucking over the side you know they haven't pushed themselves hard enough, hard enough. and uh as the ref being there live and watching it you know, and the, usually the filming ended up pretty late at night. And here they are, gene themselves up to get over the line. And they're all, you know, they're all holding their breaths, ready to spew because they put so much into it. And they did. Everything you see is fair, and legit. And they, they full on go hard. And it's a tough course, real tough course.
2: Now, as a rugby league player, you're a mountain of a man. But in, in my mind, anyway, as Hammer, you were enormous. What was the workout like, uh, protocol like to get in shape to be a gladiator?
10: Well, I was lucky enough to be already playing rugby league. I was in my last year. Alan Jones was the coach at South Sydney. And um, <clears throat> I said to Alan, I said, look, they've asked me to do this show on TV. And he said, well, what are you doing at the end of the year? And I said, look, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. And he said, well, go on. You know, it's going to take a couple of weeks. And this was before the season started. But we're in preseason. And he said, just go and forge a new career. So I said, OK. So I went over there and the the only thing that really had to change for me because a lot of it was explosive and by that stage we were we coming into the season explosive um but the, you know running up the pyramid for a minute you know um was was an area that we had to look at um a little bit more agility there was a game called pursuit where you you ran and on a on a stick and you had to you know go left and right uh, and chase the uh contenders so we just, I just changed my, um, my training to be a bit more shorter and sharper, but you had to actually play on the games. And we practiced for two weeks leading up to the show on the games, the rings. I mean, I held on to the rings for five seconds, so they, they cut me from that. <laughs> um, so naturally, I did all of the powerball, the, 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 um, the pyramid, and um, I did a bit of jewel. And there's a few other games there that you might remember. Uh, there was Slingshot and uh, a few others. But, uh, you know, there's a new game in the new show this year. It's coming out and I saw it advertised. It's called The Edge and it's brilliant. And it's, a perfect, it's perfect for rugby league footballs.
2: Well, in lounge rooms around Australia, there were young kids, myself included, emulating the hammer. Yeah. Now in lounge rooms around Australia, there'll be parents emulating the hammer as the referee so uh, it's been amazing to see the, the transformation um, for, for you on the gladiators but uh, so good to see the show back on tv it's on 10 and 10 play at 7:30 p.m sunday to friday thanks for joining us on summer breakfast uh do we call you mark or hammer
10: um, you can call me anything but late for breakfast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Mark. All the best with the rest of the series. As I said, catch that on 10 and 10 play at 7.30 p.m. Sunday to Friday. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. You can text us during the show on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund up to $1,500 a month off your home loan. T's and C's apply. That text number 0457 736 736. We've been talking Queensland villains all morning after the Brisbane Heat defeated the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash last night. The Bathurst Bulldog says Queensland villain, aggro. That little sock puppet used to chant "Wally, Wally," <laughs> and it ruined my childhood. Knowing that Cartoon Connection was made by Banana Benders, who didn't support New South Wales.
3: Did you ever watch Cartoon Connection back in the day? Oh, I With don't think so. I
2: don't think so. It was like
3: Cartoon Connection and Cheese TV. I was Cheese TV, I was... but I,
2: I missed it most mornings because of swimming. Yeah, yeah, I was a, yeah Pokemon. See, Dragon Pokemon. Ball Z, yeah. So that's,
3: that's before. That's after me. Yeah I, a, yeah, I wasn't a Dragon Ball. Yeah. I was like Ninja Turtles. You are
2: more of a 70s kid, weren't you?
3: <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was my guy. Like, pa- I didn't do Power Rangers. Did you do Power Rangers? No. Nah.
2: Nah. Power Rangers with corny eyes. Yes.
3: Uh, We've got a few texts here around Tavita Pangai Jr. Um, we'll chat that after 8 o'clock and some developments. Yeah, as a Bulldogs fan, this has pissed deve- me right some off. Some developments in-, in his future, but
2: other text messages. You know what? He's a Queensland villain. So he wanted to play for Queensland over New South Wales. So, Tavita. He did
3: play for Queensland, didn't he?
2: The way he no, performed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, One of their best players. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm Bronco. Thought I'd even it up. Most hated from New South Wales. Oh, yeah. Paul Gallon. Mm. Jerome Lewi. Yes. Scott Morrison. <laughs> okay. Barnaby Joyce. Mm. Andrew Fafita.
2: Not, not bad. They are some good villains amongst I'm those. Iron Bronco,
3: that's not the theme. We're smashing Queenslanders, not New South Walshman.
2: Yeah, and he's had a little crack at TPJ there as well. Yep. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle says the Hammer, which was Mark McGaugh, got his ref tips from Cameron Smith. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um,
3: mo- morning, guys. Modern-day Queensland op. Do you know what that means? As the
2: young ones call it these days is Tino. Op. Must be like bad guy. Op. Op. I feel like that's maybe a PlayStation term. Not sure. From
3: his questionable running style, defensive lines to hold a Matt Burden, the yes. origin fight. Let let me add
2: him. Lee
3: from oh uh, Lee from Peakhurst. Maybe you can go past yeah, and take a photo Yeah, rip into him. Maybe he can go past and take a photo of that dog um that sign in in, in the neighborhood, because that's like a straightaway.
2: Lee, you said let me add him. I'll I will let you add him. Get into him. Did you see uh oh his name's gonna escape me now? The guy that was doing the COVID update numbers on TikTok before they got released by the New yeah, South Wales. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, I met him in Vegas. Good guy? John Bernard. John Bernard, there you go. He did a video uh, interviewing Bulldogs fans saying, what would you like to say to Tino? Yeah. Oh, hilarious. Let me at Tino. Oh smash him. Like, yes. You know, Tino, one of the biggest men in the world. Karaz, Karaz,
3: Karaz, John Bernard, yeah.
2: Yeah, very funny guy. Very I told funny. him to stop carving me up. <laughs> oh, did he do some of the... Louis stuff. stuff. Yeah, he kept carving me up. Yeah. Uh, Luke Keery is a Queensland villain. No number to that one. And Rooster Muzz says, all of the bastards.
3: Nice.
2: Nice. Lucky and, they're not with us anymore. They've now joined <laughs> Pat and at six.
3: And Snook, John Plath and Andrew G were always good for a stray knee and elbow.
2: John Plath must be pre-my time. No, he's a good player. G, very, know, Plath. Like,
3: John Plath was a good player. Lots of injuries, but really good player. Um... But no, I don't remember their style of play.
2: Uh, Maggie, why did you have to mention that pathetic countdown from another station? It used to be on Australia Day, but they changed it because they hate Australia Day as much as Cricket Australia and that supermarket chain. Uh, We just wanted the odds on it. Countdown 100 to 1. Yeah, it used to be on Australia Day, no longer.
3: What are you doing on Australia Are you doing anything tomorrow?
2: Um, Yeah, we're going out. We've got drinks with friends. Celebrate the great nation. Yep. Um, that's about it. Nothing crazy. What about yourself?
3: Um, One of my wife's friends has just got citizenship. So oh, we're nice. going to go celebrate with her.
2: Yeah, that'd be good. And
3: welcome to this good nation of ours.
2: Yes. Uh, breakfast powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, Thursday the 25th of January. It's MC and the Missile here. listening. If you're listening on SEN 1170 AM, We're filling the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. Now, we teased this before the break, MC. uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. Talk to me about TPJ.
3: Yeah, a a story that would shock no one. Tavita Pangai Jr. is considering a a comeback to rugby league
2: already. Which he said prior prior to his retirement that he never liked the game, never wanted to play the game. Mm. Hated being told what to do by scrawny little halfbacks. (laughs) Yes,
3: yes. And that was... When his time at the Bulldogs ended and, um, you know, if you believe what was said at the time, um, the Bulldogs didn't pay him a cent to, to go. He finished his contract at the end of last year, um, was paid up until the end of last year, and that was it, right? And he was on a deal worth, what, 6 650 or something. Big money.
2: It's big money. Big money. He was in that rich list. Uh, yeah, in the, in, the, in, the, in the top
3: 100 paid players in the game. and um, But since then, um, he's rocked up at Broncos training, and yesterday, uh, my colleagues Peter Bedell and Travis Mayne have reported the fact that he's considering a return into the NRL at some stage in 2024. He's got a fight this year. But after that, he'd like to come back to the NRL. And it's interesting for a couple of reasons. The Broncos do have a little bit of cap space because Capewell's gone um, late last year. He he moved to the Warriors. and But if a guy's on... So you look at Adam Finol Blake's situation, right? Mm. He could not move to a club for less money, so he couldn't leave the Warriors and go to a club in Sydney for half a million dollars. He had to get his million dollar contract, right, under NRL rules. Okay. So Tavita Pangai Junior is technically no longer an NRL player. Okay, he, he he was cut loose by the by the Bulldogs. You know they they came to an arrangement, he's gone. So he's not on the books, but the NRL will still have to register his contract. And th- do they look at it saying, well, you know, last year or this year he was due to earn $600,000. So if he plays half a season, that contract's got to be worth $300,000, right? Or do the N- or, so. or do the NRL just say, no, he's not an NRL player. His value would be 500,000 on the open market or 400,000 on the open market now.
2: These deals really confuse me because if, if Adam Fenua Blake had to register a contract of the same value, then I would ask the question, how is Matt Lodge able to go from 800000 a year to a train and trial deal at Manly?
3: That was a couple of years ago now. If you look at how much he was earning at, at the Broncos, his deal at the Roosters was significantly less.
2: But his deal at the Warriors was huge. It
3: was huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. His deal at the, sorry, the Warriors was huge and then into the Roosters was less Okay. Um, than that. And then you could argue Matt Lodge's contract worth wouldn't be anywhere near what he was getting, uh, and he was off contract, right? You this could also year,
2: argue it is because he's only two years down the track. Two like, years down,
3: yeah. So it is confusing the way it all sort of plays confusing. out, right? So, but I'd say, and we all thought this, but Tavita was adamant the fact that he'd never come back to rugby league. But he's still young, and he's still, you know, for for the right price, he's still a good player. And you, you throw him into a, a Brisbane. Um, lineup with, with Payne Haas and Curry and, and Jordan Ricky and where he 's not needing to to be the main man and can do a job off the bench, I think he could be an outstanding purchase for someone like Brisbane, but on the flip side it can be where he was the main man on big money not a good sign in so his role on the side if it 's you know a bit spare parts and a bit of you know off the bench explosive I think that 's be a huge gap uh, for Brisbane.
2: The thing with Tavita is, you know, you say for the right price. One, what is the right price? And two, that's been the story his whole career, yeah. and he's not delivered once.
3: Not at the top. Not at the top end, right? He was for Penrith. He was good for that short stint before he got injured, missed the Grand Final. Um, and we saw in Brisbane glimpses of it, right? But at Canterbury, when they paid him to be the main man, that's he can't do that. He doesn't have the the ability, the consistency. To be a premier forward in the competition, but if he's number fifteen in your roster, I'd sign him for sure.
2: Okay. If he's the
3: top five paid player in the game in your side, I don't want a bar of it. Yeah. Right. But if he becomes a squad player, I'm signing him.
2: What about as a squad player? And you talk about um, how important culture is yes. and, and team morale. This is a guy that came out and said he doesn't like playing rugby league. He never wanted to be a rugby league player. The big one for me is he came out and said, "I don't like being told what to do by scrawny little halfbacks." Mm. That is terrible yeah. for club culture, and I hate the word culture, but let's like just say for team morale, yeah. that's shocking. Yeah. So is he going to say, uh, turn up at training and say, "Oh, I was just joking, Adam Reynolds. Like you can tell me what to do," because deep down you know that you know he's yeah. got an attitude problem. Is he a with guy that you can? To do. Is
3: he a guy that you can trust with the game on the line? which is what you're looking for from your teammates inside and out, defensive line, with your ass up against it, when you're defending your line, game on the line, what can you, you know, is he a guy that you can trust? Mm. Probably not.
2: I always have a big problem with players who you talk about every year, oh, they've got to come with the right attitude. They've got to have a big preseason. They've got to turn up in shape. You know, there's stories about Tavita, Oh, this offseason he's lost 10 kilos. Those players in the long run I don't believe ever work out because as a professional athlete, Your job, first and foremost, is to turn up, in shape, ready to perform. It's a
3: bare minimum requirement, right? Bare minimum.
2: Bare minimum. And you get these players every year, oh, this year he's turned up with a good attitude and he's lost 10 kilos. This year. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. It's your job. It's the bare minimum as an athlete to turn up, in shape, ready to rock and roll, and perform the task at hand, which is you're a professional athlete. Yeah.
3: The, the the only thing that I'll say is that he's grown. He grew up with a lot of those Brisbane players, mm. and whether or not they're the ones that can pull him into line, you know what it's like. Well, in a you know in a team spot, obviously the if your teammates are pulling you into line, it's way more efficient than the coach pulling you into line. Yeah, right. It's like anything in life, right? So if his teammates are the ones that are going to hold him accountable, and he's going to be accountable, and has that accountability towards his teammates. Maybe it works. And he's not the alpha male there. At Canterbury, he was the alpha. Yeah. At, at Brisbane, Haas and Carrigan are the alphas.
2: But he's had that chance at Brisbane with those players. And you, you say in most cases, when you've got a good group of players, then they'll sort of work together and rise together. Mm. Well, those players that he grew up playing with and played with them at an NRL level They've all gone one way, yeah, and Tevita's gone the other.
3: No doubt, because he went and no, no he chased the money, right? Mm. And Brisbane knew if they had a choice of Haas or, or guy yeah, they'll choose in Haas every day of the week. And you can't blame him for that. They had Flegler on their books too, and um, you know they knew Carrigan was coming through, and, and Jordan Ricky, and all these other guys that they've got there. So they made the right choice, Brisbane. But yep. to get him back at a basement price, I'm taking him. I don't have an issue with that. Okay, if I'm the if I'm the Broncos and I'm a Broncos fan and I can add Tavita Pangai into my roster at some point during this season, I'm taking him.
2: All right. Well, no doubt this will divide opinion. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Tell us what you think about Tavita Pangai Junior. Is he a value pickup for a club now, even after his comments post retirement from the Bulldogs? One 1170 If you want to give us a call. Uh, all right. Time now to talk NFL. We're getting to the business season of the NFL season, MC. We're joined by Aaron Sipos. Um, he just he's dropped not, out. He'll uh, be back in a sec. Is he joining us from the US or is he here with us in a show? we have
3: to find out. He's obviously not long. Um, he's not retired. He's a free agent. In, You're an, in an the NFL, NFL fan.
2: end. Um, four teams left. Yes. Where are we at?
3: Uh, oh, it's going to be hard to, you know, the the 49ers play the Lions. I like the 49ers there. And then the Ravens v. the Chiefs will be a cracker, mm. an an absolute cracker. You know, we've got uh, the Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes, who's just turned the corner of the last month. The This the is Chiefs. a bit of a dynasty, isn't it? It is. It, it's amazing. He's an elite, elite player. And um, the sideshow of Taylor Swift makes it a little bit more interesting as well, who's obviously dating Travis Kelsey, one of the – uh, leading tight ends, or the leading tight end.
2: Uh, are you a big T-Swift fan? Uh, I'm not a hater. <laughs> you? <laughs> no, yeah, take it or leave it. Either way. She must be almost in Australia. Soon. That tour is... Would she have to miss the Super Bowl that to come w- to Australia?
3: No That would be interesting. I don't know when that tour starts. Super Bowl's in three weeks.
2: She'd fly that private jet back and forth. Um, she's a bit of a climate warrior as well, so, you know, flying <laughs> that, <laughs> flying that... Private jet. Hey, bit of feedback on Tavita Pengai Jr. Uh, TPJ didn't have a problem when he played with the Panthers in a good system. When he played with the Broncos and then the Bulldogs, they were a te- they were a terrible teams. So of course he didn't like them. But the Broncos now will be good for him. Uh, no name on that one. Send so us through your name uh, when you send through text. Uh, Mark says rubbish. A good player is a good player everywhere. So again. I
3: disagree. Some players don't fit. Some players can't handle um, the responsibility of being the main man. Some players, you know, chase the money and, and become one of the highest paid players in the, in the game. Um, and, you know, which is fine. I've got no issue with that. But if they're not, they're not worth that, some players aren't worth that. Some players are squad players or some players are really good first graders. They're not at that elite level. Um, so when they switch clubs, um, they get exposed a bit.
2: He got picked for New South Wales. Right. So Freddie saw something in him, obviously something similar to what you see in him. So does that have an effect on how much he gets paid now that he is a rep player? It's, it's, it will be interesting to, to see. Factored, it will
3: be interesting to see how the NRL, um, scrutinize that contract because they have a guy that was on, you know, one of the highest paid players at Canterbury. Now we'll want to go on a, uh, what, not a minimum wage, but a, a back-ended wage for, um, the Broncos
2: couple more on Tavita Pengui Jr. Why the hell would you sign someone who has said they hate rugby league? You might as well sign Simon Hill, says Spud. Uh, Nath says, Missile, when Tavita was at the Bronx, he was one of our best forwards. He'd be a good pickup. Again, splitting opinions straight down the middle. All right, we'll try and get to Aaron after the, Sipos after the break. Uh, as always, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's lawyers. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home with MC and the Missile. You can call us Summer Summer Breakfast. Oh, summer Run Home. MC. What's happened? What's doing? I was on the Summer Run Home last night. Do I remind you of Bozzer? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, all right. You can call us throughout the show 1300 01 1170. The bag's called up. Bag, good morning.
9: Yeah, very good morning to you, lads. sir. Uh, Tevita Pengai Jr., I wonder how much of a case it is of you can't put an old head on young shoulders. He's certainly got the physical attributes, and it's just getting his head right. Michael, I wonder how hard it would be to find people that have sort of blown an opportunity, you know, older players that look back and sort of think, oh, jeez, I wish I hadn't walked away from that contract. Mm. You know, yeah. there's great opportunities there for him. Like, can you coach it? Can you get his head right? Can you get him going in the right
2: direction?
3: And one thing about coaches, coaches think they can fix everyone. And, and it's
2: like girls when they start dating a bloke, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna fix him. You'll ch- change, you'll yeah. change.
3: You know, and that that's an issue. And if he, you're right, back if he if he can't be fixed, then it will come back to what um, Missile was saying, and it will have a detrimental detrimental impact on the whole playing squad. But I think back in that Queensland uh, Brisbane side with. Those players surrounding him that he, you know, he's played a lot of footy with, he's grown up with, he's seen them, I guess, surpass him as a player. That
2: might be the tonic that he needs just to ignite his career. Here's a challenge for you, MC. Can you give me an example of a player like TPJ who has turned it around uh, at the back end of their career and delivered on their potential? Mm, let me have a think. Yeah. it's. What about you, Bag? Can you think of one? Oh well, I'm
9: just trying to think, you know. Uh, but how do you fix him, though? Know, like, do you sit him down with, say, a player like that that you know, taking the outside of the playing group, and or an older player that's been through there, been through it and done it, and go, mate, you've got this big opportunity now. I'm forty odd years of age. You can't turn back the clock without sounding too cliche. Yeah, but that's a
2: challenge, isn't it? Well, the big thing at the Bulldogs, right, was that Sonny Bill was mentoring him. Mm. You know, it was Sonny Bill's got him in shape, and he's. You know, he's reinvigorated and this, that, the other. Didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work. And, and like, you know, Sonny Bill had, he, had his moments, but he would never have come out and said something like, I hate the game and I don't like halfbacks telling me what to do. Mm. That was the nail in the coffin for me. All right, Warrior-Holic. Uh, Warrior-Holic, you want to talk about TPJ as well?
6: Yeah, mate. I'll give my two cents worth, even though I don't have if she isn't. Um, I coach managers to coach for a living, mate, and I can tell you, can fix skill quite easily, but it's very bloody difficult to change a person's mindset, even in a lot of cases if they want to change their mindset themselves. So I think they're setting themselves up for a bit of a risk here, which I'm quite happy with as a Warriors fan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Boy, do you, so do you think that TPJ could turn it around at, at the Broncos or do you think he's a lost cause?
6: No, I think, I think it's a risk, man. I mean, you can't question the guy's skill, as I said, and he has his good games, but even as on-field, he's up and down. And I can't see how you can give them unders being a you know, last year's Origin um, player. So huge risk, that I don't think they need because the guys like Ricky and Adam in there right now. So, but I'm happy for them to do it. I'm happy for them to do it. <laughs> yeah, just quickly, Michael, I've got those receipts kept well and truly. Warriors not making the eight
3: mates. <laughs> oh, were you on Twitter hammering me? Yeah. That's okay. Me, awesome. Okay. Awesome. 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 We'll come back to me at the end of the year. We'll see how we. I've got nothing but love for the Warriors, so there's no malice in it, but just had to squeeze some aside a out, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling Warrior Holly. Remember, 01 1170 is our number.
3: Good text here from the Hedgehog. Bryce Cartwright is starting to show his potential. I like that. For In terms of the question that you asked me, Miss Ola, on a guy that, you know, started with all the promise. Um, didn't deliver, and then it started to find their feet a bit. He was really good for Parramatta that's last year. That's a good year. example. That that's is a, a good really example,
2: good example. Yeah. Uh, Dan has said Gordon Tallis and Jeremy Smith. Gordon Tallis, too well, early for me to remember. No, Gordon
3: Tallis always had that. Uh, he, he, he sat out the 12 months at, at St. George, but then came back for Brisbane. And Jeremy Smith is a player who peaked late, so I don't think that's what you're talking about. Because um, I don't remember raps on Jeremy Smith when he was coming through the grades, but he developed – as he got older, and his best footy was played at the back end of his career. But you're looking at someone that was like a, a, a prodigy, yeah, earmarked for for really good things. Didn't live up to the hype, switch clubs or whatever, and then fulfilled that talent, you know, at
2: the back end of their careers. Uh, this number says TPJ and Lodge not worth the risk that comes with them. Uh, High missile and MC as a bulldog supporter, I was glad to see Pengai Junior leave the club, and I would stay clear of players with his attitude. I strongly believe that all 17 players have to have the right attitude and give 100% every game. If you want to win the competition, you can't carry a player on the off chance he will decide to have a good game when it suits him. Pengai Jr. never gives 100% every game. Let the Broncos have him from the old Barry. And I think that sentiment, uh, MC, you know, I'm on a lot of these fan pages and like for the Bulldogs. That's shared. Amongst. What's your. All fans.
3: What, are you on there? Are you posting under. Alias? No, I don't, post. I don't oh. post. No, no
2: alias. No alias. Uh, hey, here's one for you. So, yes. spoke to my cousin after we were on air the other day. So, yes. my memory's not as good. So, yes. 04, it was the the nines. Yes. No, it no, was seven. sevens. Sevens. Seven. sorry, yeah. sevens. It was at Allianz. Yes, it was. Not at Homebush. Yes. He corrected me on that. Yes. He also corrected me on uh, it was Luke Burke. Bert- Catching the kickoff, okay. not kicking for goal. Because I asked, was it a drop a drop kick or a place kick? And he said, no, it wasn't that. It was actually the Tigers were kicking off. Luke Burt went to catch a kick. He screamed out, drop it. Luke Burt gotcha. dropped it. Uh, and then Eels fans turned around and sprayed him. So gotcha. I had a few. Uh, it was very early for me. Yes. And... You know, not all my brain cells still <laughs> um, intact after <laughs> your weekend uh, after some abuse. Yes. Uh but yeah, so um just a, a fix up for that because there would have been some people at home, no doubt, thinking yeah. it wasn't out of the course, or wasn't Aliens. There you go. Uh all right. Uh now T P J can sign for a rugby team and after his fight, the NRL and PVL would tip in to recruit him. The Bulldogs have <laughs> Uh, SBWPTSD says number ending in eight nine two. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It no end. It doesn't seem a, completely, it doesn't completely fair though that he can top up on boxing money, then come back. It's murky waters. I, I hate the fact that Joey Manu was talking about going and playing rugby and coming back.
3: The the only thing about Tavita is that Canterbury were very happy to let him go.
2: Of course, very happy and they and not have to have pay, pay him any out any of his so, contract. That was the dream deal. Yeah,
3: Canterbury. In, in this situation, so you can't compare it to Sonny Bill or anything else. Where you know Canterbury were, were very, very pleased when Tavita said that he didn't want to play anymore.
2: Absolutely, there may have even been a little bit of guidance there. I would have suggested a bit of uh, out the door. Yeah. Did you uh, wish
3: Gus happy birthday yesterday? It was his
2: birthday. Was it? Yeah. How old's Gus? One hundred and three. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Anthony from Grey Saints says Todd Carney turned it around at the Roosters. After his shenanigans at the Raiders, cashed in on his talent, then pissed it down the toilet mm. or up, pissed it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, yes. He had that really good season, but then, yeah, and then you know, it was a, it, it was a roller coaster right? It was a roller coaster. Uh, TPJ is a nutcase, says Josh. Uh, the reptile says, "G'day shaggers. Uh, I wouldn't take TPJ for all the tea in China." Uh, and the waitresses that bring it to me. Honestly, he has the worst attitude I've seen in rugby league. That's what the warrior holic was saying. How do you turn around attitude? Yeah. And if I'm
3: particularly if I'm a Canterbury fan, there's no way, like I could understand them saying, well, why would anyone want to um, But I, I'm saying it, that, that he's going to a successful club in, in Brisbane with players, uh, with some senior players there, like Adam Reynolds, who, who can chip him and pull him into line. And, um, a, a forward pack that dominates him. So I, I think there's he's not going to walk around as that alpha male like he did at Canterbury. We didn't have anyone else to pull him into line. Yeah. And I think that's where it can work.
2: All right. Uh, Texas, during the show, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Do you think Tevita Penga Jr. deserves a second chance? Uh, looking outside, MC, it's a cloudy day across Sydney today. However, I hate how they throw this time around. Heat wave. Oh, it's 30 degrees in summer. Yeah. 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 No, no shit. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's heading for a top of 34 degrees in the city and 37 in the west. Yes, we're in January in Sydney. It gets hot. Plenty more to come this morning, including Brett Phillips chatting tennis and more of your feedback on the open line and text line. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news. The Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers at the SCG last night.
7: Still four balls to come in this over. Sock he's got it. goes for the slog and he's out. The Brisbane Heat win BBL 13 convincingly at the SCG.
2: A gloating Ian Healy wandered into our studio yeah, earlier this morning. Yeah.
3: Strutting in.
2: You can catch up on that via the podcast. The final test of the summer gets underway later today. Join Jared Whateley, Damian Fleming, Ian Healy, and the SEN cricket team for every ball of the Brisbane day-night test live from the Gabba from 2 p.m. Sydney time today. That'll be 1 p.m. Queensland time. We're now left with four competitors in each of the men's and women's single draws. The biggest upset that came yesterday with Alexander Zverev knocking out Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, We'll chat with Brett Phillips shortly about that. And Tevita Pengai Jr. could be returning to the NRL with reports he's had informal meetings with the Broncos. MC's for it. I'm against it. It's split opinion straight down the middle on the text line. Uh, We're none the wiser. But... Talking Rugby League, there's a big competition coming up this weekend, MC. don't have to wait for the NRL to start. <laughs> uh, the Rugby League 9s is going to be on, on the Gold Coast. And one of the stars heading up there, Justin Horro, my co-host on The Breakfast Show on Saturdays, the Mowers Club. Uh, Scope, welcome to Summer Breakfast.
4: Thanks for having me on, boys. Good to hear from you again, Miss and I can confirm that we have had talks with David Pangai Jr. and he is a chance of playing in the 9th Premier League. With us <laughs> well. so, um, there's some breaking news for you. We're, we're, we've got to solidify it once, once we get up to the Gold Coast.
2: Jeez, you must have a decent salary cap. Hey, who else is... Who, what team are you in and who else is in your team?
4: No, mate, um, um, we're part of the RLPA team. So the RLPA put in a team, a uh, good mate of mine, Tommy Simons, who's uh, worked closely with Clinton over the last couple of years. Uh, he'll be coaching us. Um, so Sammy Thaiday's in our team. of no Big Mace is um, obviously playing in our team. We're gonna mic Mace up um, and uh, you know sort of put Chuck that in the vlog. So that should be uh, funny if anyone uh, hasn't heard uh, Mace mic'd up before in the in the past. he's, he's got good chat, so that should be um, that should be pretty entertaining. And um, but a lot of the teams are stacked, mate. There are a lot of past uh, NRL players playing this, so looking forward to not only playing but catching up with a lot of the boys over the weekend.
3: What is the actual tournament, mate? And, and you know, who are some of the other players that are featuring?
4: Yeah, so um, Alex Glenn's put together a team up in, in Broncos that consists of, like, a lot of his ex-Broncos uh, teammates, Jordan Cahu, Corey Norman, uh, Josh Hoffman, Gerard Beal. So they've got a lot of outside backs. Our team's pretty much stacked with middle, so <laughs> we'll probably struggle. Um There's a team from uh, the Central Coast with the Fafita Twins, uh, Josh Dugan and the likes, uh, Kenny Ceo's played a bit of first grade. Um, Unfortunately, Maddie Bowen uh, had put in a team from North Queensland, but they're stuck due to uh, weather conditions up in North Queensland. But their team was stuck with uh, Betty Barber and and a whole heap of players that have played a, a whole heap of first grade up in North Queensland. So... Uh, unfortunately, when you're looking at chat as well, Jimmy Maloney is a guy that's been stuck up in North Queensland as well. So um, the banter probably won't be as great without him uh, up there as well. But yeah, there's going to be a whole heap of players. So I'm really looking forward to it.
2: How does this work? Uh, is there like a gentleman's agreement that no one puts big shots on? Or do you wait until someone gets a little too excited and then it's all bets are off and you're absolutely smashing each other?
4: Yeah, so Mace has played in a fair few of these old... Like, he's, he's sort of trying to compare it to the old boys' games that they play in uh, right. a couple of times a year, and Mace has played in a few of them. And he reckons there's a there's a gentleman's agreement be, before the game, and everyone's pretty cruisy. And then someone goes hard in the first 10 minutes, and then, you know, everyone just loses control, or or, or people get a bit frustrated with, you know, one or two individuals in particular, and, and sort of get hard on them, so... <laughs> Um, it's a pretty decent prize pool. Um, there's 30k up for grabs for the for the winner of the tournament. So just that in itself, I think you know some are going to go harder than others. Um, I can speak on behalf of myself and Mace that we're probably at the opposite ends of that. We mm. we just want to get through it, get some good content, and uh, and catch up with all the boys. So um, yeah, I'm I'm more heading up just just to get around some ex teammates and and have a good weekend up on the Gold Coast and have some fun.
2: From within your own squad, who's most likely to uh, see red and start going a bit too hard?
4: Josh Maguire. Oh, uh, Josh uh, Maguire.
2: Uh, yeah, no. he's a dollar-o-one oh, one to put a hit on someone. Yeah,
4: so he's already he's already inquired about suspensions. <laughs> about suspensions are involved. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we uh, ex-teammate of mine actually gave me a call the other day. Greg Bird's playing in uh, uh, a team that's – Represented with a whole heap of players, including Toddy Carney uh, and a few others, and, and he said like, he 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 called me trying to get a gauge on on how hard we're going to go. So <laughs> he's always a lunatic, birdie. So if if if, <laughs> birdie, if we end up playing their team, hopefully it's just Josh McGuire and, and Greg Bird going hard each other and we all stay away from it.
2: <laughs> hey, so it's a, a three day comp across the weekend. Chances that uh, the boys get a bit excited on Friday night and turn up Saturday. Uh, a bit bleary eyed.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've got uh, we've got. There's a night where so we leave tonight. Um, there's like an opening, and the draw will be announced tonight. Nick Fanning will be speaking on behalf of like an RLPA event. So. I think a few boys are going to be ripping in the schooners tonight, starting <laughs> so nice and early. Um, yeah, just depending on how serious you're taking it. And there'll definitely be schooners tomorrow though, and then a big one Saturday.
2: Perfect. All right, love your work, Scope. Enjoy the trip uh, and hopefully you come back unscathed. No injuries, please.
4: All right, I'll see you uh, next, next Saturday, mate.
2: Mowers Club, that's it. We'll be back. All right, stay with us. We'll have a closer look at the Australian Open in just a moment. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with MC and the Missile. You can text us on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund. You can get up to $1,500 a month off your home loan. T's and C's apply that text line. O four five seven seven three six seven three six. All right, we're getting to the pointy end of the Australian Open now and Brett Phillips joins us to chat all things tennis. Morning BP. G'day
1: James, g'day Michael. How are you going guys?
2: We're going well better than our mate Carlos Alcraz. What a boil over overnight.
1: Yeah, didn't execute last night. Um <laughs> it was un- uncharacteristic. Yeah. You know, in terms of the amount of unforced errors, some sloppy games. Uh, a little bit unsure of himself in you know in certain uh, rallies last night, so yeah, it was um, not the Carlos Alcaraz we have certainly been used to. And uh, take nothing away from uh, Alexander Zverev; I mean, he's a world-class player. You know, he's been as high as uh, three in the world. He's won everything bar a Grand Slam in tennis. And uh, when you're serving at over eighty percent last night, first serves ending it. Look at too many second serves. Um, you know, we always expected a response from Alcaraz, That came. Obviously, winning a a really big third set tie break and you know hit some incredible passing shots in that tie break, energized the crowd who are, you know, clearly were in the Alcaraz corner and, you know, one break of serve in the fourth set, uh, split the pair. So yeah, a night where it just didn't all um, come together. Uh, and as much as he is, you know, pretty much an established pro, we don't think of him as uh, necessarily uh, you know, rising he is here. Uh, and his game is, you know, pretty complete. Um, you know, he's still the fact is he's twenty years of age and it's not not all going to be perfect. He's only going to get better, which is the scary part. So, yeah, um, best performance at the Australian Open, uh, but he's yeah obviously got a big year ahead to try and get through a whole tennis season, which he didn't do last year. So, yeah, we'll be on El Khair's watch as he continues to develop.
3: What about the Polish fans, mate? They they love dressing up in the in the stand. Are they the best dressed?
1: Yeah, no doubt, Michael. Yeah, the king, the king of Poland, uh, <laughs> he's there and. Um, yeah, they get some great support. tech uh, Hubert Hurkacz. Uh, yesterday when what a match that was against Medvedev that, you know, went the journey and Medvedev somehow got out of a tight little hole and managed to win. A um, little bit more clutch on you know, some of those big points. So he's been there and done it before. I and mean, Hurkacz, I think, is getting closer. Uh, but that's the great part about the Australian Open, uh, whether it's Rod Laver or you go to the outside courts. It's just about every player from whatever country they've been representing the last fortnight, they get uh, some great support being the multicultural city that we are.
2: We're so slowly seeing some of these fairy tale stories. Peter away after uh, Zhang uh, won that match yesterday against Clint uh, That's how you say it. But if she was such a great story. Uh, any fairy tales left, BP? I guess there's the one in the, the women's side.
1: Yeah, well, the women's, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, either Yastrzemska, Diana Yastrzemska or uh, Xi Jinping are going to make the finals. So we wouldn't mm. have um, expected that, even though even though Zheng is uh, seeded uh, and she made the U.S. Open quarters uh, last year. Uh, we weren't maybe quite uh, thinking that she was ready to make a slam final just yet, but we knew she was coming. And, uh, you know, she's taken advantage of the draw a little bit. I mean, she hasn't beaten a top 50 player to get through the semis, but you beat who you beat. That's out of your control. And there's no doubt she's got the level. Uh, and look, she was, you know, stunned in that quarterfinal last year, blown off the puck. So she's come a long way in the last six months in her development. And, yeah, she was really challenged. I mean, losing that first set tiebreak, she had to respond last night, but that's what the good players do. They just reset the match and get it back on their terms. And you, you felt it, yeah, clearly was on her racket uh, for the remainder of that match. So, yeah, Yastrzemska is young. It's a tough one to call. They're both, you know, good stories. Uh, I think Yastrzemska is a big chance to beat her, there's not much in it in terms of um, uh, you know the quality of tennis out there, and uh, you know whoever handles the occasion uh, better, and yeah, both uh, will be up for it tonight. It could be yeah, it could be a couple of three setters in the women's uh, tonight for the semis.
3: Yesterday we'll talk in potential Nick Kyrgios retirement. Um, then he poo-pooed his own column. Uh, does anything surprise you now with Nick? No, no, <laughs>
1: not at all. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a mess, really. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I think, and the, the interview with Djokovic, yeah, I mean, you know, I've read certain columns there today, I thought that was a bit cringeworthy out on court. Some, look, you know, he's a hero to some, villain to others. Uh, I'm just probably a, a fatigued... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> reporter who's, covered him, ..who's covered him for a long time, and um, he's disappointed me more than um, giving me really any great pleasure out of covering him. So uh, who knows what'll happen there. I, I, I have seen on SCN, and I think uh, he'll struggle to come back, and where he will fit into the game uh, because, you know, players have emerged. You know, there's there's great athletes out there of that younger generation that make it hard for a guy like Nick just to walk in and, and think he's going to you know, replicate it all over again. But uh, well, let's wait and see. I think the ghostwriter, yes, the ghostwriter might have written that and he might be having some words with him, but then Nick will probably change his mind in a week. So we'll see what happens.
3: It is yeah. interesting with that because we, we mentioned it before, obviously, my background and and has done some, some columns yeah. as well. Usually what would happen is that the, the athlete would get final look at it. Yeah. Um, before, yes. before, before it runs. I don't know if that's happening in this instance. Oh, so it's all very strange. Yeah.
1: It's never straightforward. Absolutely. Michael. Yeah. You would think, uh, it, us on the outside. I don't know quite how that works. or uh, well, the public on the outside, uh, would assume that would, uh, happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, every day. I mean, you know, I suppose you only have to follow Nick on social media to know that some comments make sense, others don't. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of other things for me to be consumed by. <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, match of the day today, BP, which is it? Is it Sabalenka? Is it Zhang? Uh, who are you looking forward to the most?
1: Oh, yeah, Sabalenka Goff. Yeah. I mean, we've been anticipating this, and it's a shame it's not the final in a way, but it is what it is. And we're going to get a cracker, I think. You know, two players in just uh, superb form. Uh, I suppose if you lose, you know, three semifinals last year at the Slams, as Arena did, you'll, you know, take a lot of learnings out of that. It doesn't guarantee, obviously, that you come back and, you know, rectify that in the next uh, semifinal. But, you know, in, in those matches, she tightened up. Uh, the errors came. She... Lost her emotional state uh, out on court, so we'll, we'll see if that you know replicates itself. But Coco can go with her, no doubt. I mean, she's been absolutely outstanding in this tournament, so I'm giving her the edge, Coco. But it should be a should be a beauty.
2: Looking forward to that one. That semi-finals on at 7:30 tonight. Uh, that Australian Open chat. Thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us in celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis. All the best, BP. Enjoy the tennis. Pleasure. Thank you, team. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home. You've been with MC and the Missile this morning. Oh, I keep saying run home. It's breakfast. Breakfast. Welcome back to breakfast. Thanks for all your contributions today, guys. Uh, the Westy Eel is off to the Top Fuel Drag Racing Championship at Sydney Dragway tomorrow on Saturday. Congratulations, Westy Eel. Get your tickets now. Coming up after us, MC, he's gone from the SCG straight back yeah. here to North Sydney. Matt White, uh, today he'll be chatting about... Cool customers in sport. Who are the sporting stars that ooze cool? Have you got are, any nominations you, before you jump in? Only years. The only one that comes oh, to mind. I was going to say Trent Copeland. <laughs> 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 uh, everyone's a winner. Quiz and know your Australian stuff in today's quid. And he's going to speak to the curator at the Gabba ahead of the second test. Wonder what that wicket's doing up there. That's going to be interesting. Mm. Do we find out if you're fake newsing or not? If the Gabba no, had? they've had a test. They have. Yeah. When? What Chuck, year?
3: Uh. Ooh, it was against Pakistan. Chucky sent me to act in 2016. 2016, so okay. I'm all over it, mate. Yeah,
2: well, you were what 39 in 2016. I would have. I was <laughs> only mate, young back then. I can barely you... remember it. <laughs> Jeez, bro, it's not that long ago. <laughs> Hey, what's on for the rest of the day?
5: Uh
3: We're having. We're going. Thursdays usually is our date day. Day. So we, we got day, yeah, because we've got the Bub, bubs, bubs in daycare. On kind of guy. Well, it's <laughs> bubs in bubs in daycare. Say so either Wednesday or Thursday, we go for brunch. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> are you happy with that?
7: <laughs> you lost. <it. laughs>
3: and, and what are you doing? Do you know if it's mornings or afternoons yet?
2: I'm a nighttime guy. <laughs> Uh, what am I? Do? I'm going straight to the gym this morning. Yep. I find on breakfast when we do breakfast radio, if I don't work out straight after the show, if I go home and eat, I just want to zonk out and yeah. sleep. Um, I use so many. I think I've got a word limit uh, for each day.
3: You definitely do. And I pretty much, I pretty much use up my
2: entire word limit for the day on breakfast radio, yeah. and then I'm just a zombie for the rest of the day. So I'm going straight to the gym. I'm getting my workout in. Uh, and then I don't know, go home for some life admin, all that and sort of job. Long jobs. weekend. Long weekend. Uh, lights off. <laughs> uh, long weekend. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing for the long weekend? Are you back on breakfast tomorrow? Oh or? no,
3: on Monday I'm back. Monday. Um, heading to Newcastle for the weekend to see the in-laws.
2: Oh, beautiful. Yeah, what that'll be you? nice. Uh, some drinks tomorrow in Bondi. Back to work on Saturday morning for the Mowers Club. We've got a live show. And Dan, producer Dan's going to be joining us. Mowers Club debut. Are you nervous? Uh, Very, very nervous, but looking forward to it. He'll have Uh, an early night on Friday to prepare. Yeah, Yeah. correct. He's not a lights-on guy. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) 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 The lights are off. MC's uncomfortable. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Summer Breakfast. Uh, James Magnuson and Michael Kariannis, have a great Thursday, everybody. Matty White, up next.